guys, welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe, and with me today, as always, are Eric and Doug, and we are about to talk some awesome movies. What's yes, indeed we are, my friends. How you doing? How's everybody? Uh, fucking great, man. What's new? Uh, I don't even know, man. We had a uh, storm <laughs> this week. Doug, you had a storm too? Yeah, it was a little nutty up here with the New England Nor'easter. Kicked our butts. Now, Eric, you're not far from me. Did you guys have that crazy storm, too, that came through a couple days ago? No, I didn't see any of that weather. The only storm I experienced lately was just a shit storm of, uh... <sighs> All right, you're going to laugh at me and you're going to call this midlife crisis, and that's fine. <laughs> I've been skateboarding, right? <laughs> I'm in my mid-30s, so it's, it's you know, make of that what you will. Um, I did what's referred to as taking a hipper, which is just... Just slamming hip down into the asphalt. Mm. Yeah, it like, sucks. Like fucking parallel with the ground. It is the worst skateboarding injury I've ever had. Like, I thought I broke my hip. Oh, wow. And uh, the first couple of days, I couldn't really get around. Uh, you know, or, or like, I couldn't get up and down out of a, a seated position. Like, it was fucking really bad. It still hurts. It's getting better. So, I, I you know... I bet against it being broken, like I didn't go get an x-ray or anything like that, but um, yeah, I've been dealing with that and just feeling my mortality, you know? <laughs> it's crazy, because no, like, good. when you're young, you can like fall off like a 14-stair staircase and like roll on the ground and like get right up and just do yep. it again. Oh, I you know? know. Yeah. Now, just like, don't, don't I, I was walking to the bathroom the other day and I turned wrong and my knee popped and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's That happened to my knee. My knee's been fucked up for like three months and people ask me like, what did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I fucked mine up playing football. I was like going up for a pass one day and like I came down and I heard it pop right when I hit the ground Oof. and it swelled up to the size of like, like a, uh, a giant grapefruit. And now it's been, this has been like nine years, and it's still the same every day. It's always <laughs> bruised, it's always swollen. Oh, man. And every once in a while, I'll turn the wrong way, and I'll hear a pop, and it'll get really bad. Fucking A. So when yeah, are we going skateboarding? <laughs> <laughs> I want That's film. really my, the biggest worry is my knee is going to give out on me while I'm skating. Yeah, I, I yeah. have to wear those like compression braces on my knees when I skate now. I might need to do that. Yeah, they're pretty I don't good. know if it's like a... Uh, a uh, what's it called that tendon that's in the front of your knee oh yeah that one the, the meniscus meniscus yeah i think it's my yeah. meniscus that popped that's what popped on on mine way back in the day and it still fucking hurts yeah it's oh, no. sore as hell all the time yeah. um doug anything uh going on in your world up there yeah um I, it was a good day today i actually got to celebrate thanksgiving two weeks late <laughs> we were we were all set thanksgiving day to go up to my daughter she was going to make her first turkey for us and nice. uh the day before my son was told by his his jobs at hr that someone you know in his uh in his office uh had covid so we had to wait um we couldn't go so we had to get tested so the test finally came back negative which was good for all of us and we headed up to my daughter's today, and she made a turkey, and it was delicious, and that was our Thanksgiving, so two weeks late, but it was good. It was a good day. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I built a bunch of guitar pedals this weekend. Nice. <laughs> it almost be- I almost made around 15 or 16 pedals this weekend. That is a lot oh, of that's pedals. That's great. Yeah. I know we do plugs at the end of the show, but if someone wanted to purchase one of these pedals, where would they go? 
It's a thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's there nuts. too, but yeah. Uh, no, mine is like my pedals, which uh, you can take that however you want to take it. But uh, <laughs> you know, um, you can like my pedals. They can be they're Hey, they're just like my pedals, or they can be the actual definition, which I may give you guys one day down the road. <laughs> Very good. So today we're here to talk about. A film that, I was just talking skateboarding, this movie inspired me to learn how to skateboard when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Any guesses? Uh, Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah. Close. Close. Oh, shit. I thought that's what it was called. Joe coming in with the deep cuts always, man. I I guess that was just a joke, though. It was. It was a good one, though. Yeah. Um, So we're, we're talking Back to the Future. Yeah. Yep. Back to the Future. How the hell is that even like a remotely <laughs> decent name? I, I just got to get this trivia out of the way. For some reason, the Universal Pictures head, Sig Scheinberg, didn't like the name Back to the Future because he said nobody would watch a movie with the name Future in it. <laughs> right. So this is a movie about time travel, and he wanted to call it Spaceman from Pluto. Pluto. Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah. And, um... He was dead serious with this, but um, Steven Spielberg kind of like, instead of calling him on his shit and saying, hey, that's a terrible fucking name that no one will ever want to watch, he's like, oh, that was a good joke. We all had a good laugh at that in our meeting. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gave him an out. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, that was a great way to castrate that guy. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, but back to the future. Yeah. Uh, 1980... When this movie came out? 85. July 3rd. I mean, it should be pretty obvious during this movie. This is 1985. <laughs> I, it yeah. was almost too obvious. Like I, was, I was like, wait a minute. But yeah, 1985, year of my birth, man. Uh, meant to be that I would enjoy this flick. Uh, so we're just going to dive right in. Are you guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's... We're going to go back in time. All right. We got to go back to the future. Future. That was a that was an okay, Christopher Lloyd. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Thank you. I, I looked right at the camera and pointed as I said it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's important that you do that. God, I love that moment. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So I have a lot of notes for like the first quarter of this movie. And then I they hope just like you trail have off. like one page of notes that just has clocks, 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 <laughs> Yeah, clocks. I know. <laughs> That's like, what I have. I have a note that says clocks being 25 minutes slow is a shitty experiment. Yeah. What I also have a note was that when you first see Michael J. Fox walk in the room, he has a digital watch on his arm. (laughs) The doctor changed that watch too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Marty's character. He doesn't pay attention a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And that, isn't that watch more calculator than watch anyway? Yeah, that's true. All right. So our movie begins. We open in, the home laboratory of Dr. Emmett Brown. And like every 80s movie, we begin with a Rube Goldberg machine. I, yep. I believe it was contractually obligated. If you wrote a movie in the 80s, it had to feature <laughs> a Rube Goldberg machine yeah. of some kind. So uh, we see the, the machine sort of word of life and all these clocks everywhere. Clocks crazy. Um, there's an Easter egg in one of the clocks, which I'm I sure Joe it. is going to illuminate for us i got yeah, it it had, yeah, it go had ahead, a Joe. man hanging off the clock yes and what There's is that an homage a, to well i mean it's a it's more of a, a well i guess it would be an homage if you think that it happened 30 years previously no no no, no, no. even but though it happens actually, later 
It's actually a nod to a 1923 silent movie called Safety Last with Harold oh. Lloyd that, yes. uh, that Zemeckis was a fan of. I was thinking it was an homage to 1955. Well, Paul yes, that too. Yes, that too. definitely. That too. There's yes. a doc on my clock. <laughs> definitely. So that's, that's, that was, it, it's a tie-in to that, absolutely. Yeah. There was also a Denver Broncos clock in there. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> which makes no sense because they're in California. Yeah, I know, I know. Everybody knows that canonically, uh, Doc Brown is a Denver Broncos fan. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that, we might as well just stop now, Joe. Yeah, Come on. That's one of the most important <laughs> character traits. All right. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it does. it is interesting that way that it does tease something that happens later in the film, and it's also an homage to an older film. It sets the tone for this movie because the thing about this movie is that no one says anything that's not important to the plot later. And correct. You know, and and visually too, you never. There's no throwaway moments. Everything plants a seed for something later. And and that's one of the that's the first uh, instance of that. Yeah. So, front door opens and the coolest kid from the '80s walks in. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, Just Marty got McFly, off the boat with that lifesaver on. Yes, <laughs> um, he's walking into this fucking place like he owns it, which is weird. And he's calling for somebody named Doc. Right. Uh, sees a dog named Einstein. Comments on uh, on how messy the place is. Obviously, sees that the Rube Goldberg machine has been dumping wet dog food into the bowl for a few I say, days. Einstein on wasn't there, was he? Uh oh, that's right. Einstein wasn't there. He because wasn't Einstein there, was but that. I I'm think his bowl, that, his bowl said Einstein. Yeah, that so. giant yeah. slop pile of dog food. I know. There. You get the next little tease when Marty puts his skateboard down, and it hits a box labeled plutonium. Exactly. Yeah, I saw that. Um, now the reason you find out that Marty's there at all, than looking for Doc and Einstein, is he wants to rock out before school. With the weirdest, dumbest guitar I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that was a strange one. The smallest one. guitar. I think they used the smallest guitar to make the amp look even bigger. Yeah, yeah. into the biggest amp I've ever seen. Which yep. would, music-wise, it wouldn't work. No. <laughs> like, a speaker that big would just sound like farts. I know, I know. <laughs> well, that's why I was excited to talk this movie with you guys, because you're, you're both guitarists. Yeah. Um, so... There's a few scenes in this movie that are very musical, and I want to get your perspective because I know when I watch certain things in this movie, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, even practically, like this moment where he he cranks real dramatically, cranks all the knobs up to max, and and the gain gets louder and louder, and then after all that's done, he picks up the cable and plugs it into the guitar, and right off the bat, I was like, "I'm I'm always anticipating that yeah. terrible noise." Oh yeah. Like he's it makes me cringe, but it, yeah, it didn't happen, and it should have. It should have. Was, was like, he still in standby mode at that point, or had he already like flipped the standby off? No, I think he flipped every. He was ready to go because the next Which, it cuts right to him on the, the amp too. Yes, oh good, you saw that right, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah, the um, the the. I might just want to blame the guy. This is his name from Clockwork Orange and. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I mind like yeah. completely blank there. Him, um, that guy. The CRM one one four was was kind of a nod to him. Yeah, there's a lot of fun little nerd yeah. Easter eggs in this movie. And the on... input the input plate was a Gibson input plate. Right. 
But yeah, the nod the nod to Kubrick was Doctor Strangelove, which we've mentioned previously. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, there was a piece of radio equipment that was labeled CRM one fourteen, and again yeah. Zemeckis was a huge or is a huge uh, Kubrick fan, so he put that on there. Which now we've mentioned Doctor Strangelove in three straight episodes. I know it's great, right? That means we got to do it. We're going to have to do it. Do that movie. It's definitely (laughs) worth it. It's an amazing movie. So that that goes on the list, definitely. Yeah. Um, So Marty then produces a metal guitar pick. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, just metal tipped. (laughs) Metal tipped. Yeah. Because the rest looked like dull, and then it was like super shiny. Yeah. Which? Why would you? Why? Why? Yeah, but it looked cool, you know, and like the the light glistened off of it. It was, it was kind of yep. badass, you know. It's it's definitely form over function at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he he uh, he lets loose on this thing like Pete Townsend, and the amplifier explodes <laughs> and throws him into a bookshelf. Um, his reaction to this is, and I quote, "Whoa, rock and roll," <laughs> which like. <laughs> That's the coolest thing you could say after yes, destroying your elderly friend's uh, yep. music <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in all fairness, that lab wasn't looking very good anyways. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So phone well, rings uh, in, the, in the laboratory. Uh, Marty picks it up, and it's Doc. Um, Doc wants Marty to meet him that night at the Twin Pines Mall at 1.15 in the morning. Um. And it also gives him a kind of throwaway warning, like, don't plug into the amp. There's there's a slight possibility of overload. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is, is that what he says? Yep, yep, I'll keep that in mind. Um, also, we find out in this moment that Doc has been experimenting with all of his clocks. So even though Marty thinks that he has time to get to school, all the clocks are 25 minutes slow, which... Uh, was was an experiment of Doc's, which to me, I have a note here that says, uh, setting all your clocks back 25 minutes is a shitty experiment. Yeah. Well, he, he sort of references, not specifically that, but the fact that most or almost all of his experiments don't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's later <laughs> in the movie, so, you know. That, we're, that, you know what? I picked up on that, too, and that becomes really important right before they're about to get run over by the car. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and then just, I, I did find something interesting because there's, there's been a question through, since the movie came out about how Marty and Doc connected. Yes. Like, cause in 1985, it might not have been as potentially what we call creepy as it might be today. Yeah. But apparently, so in 2011, Bob Gale got that question all the time. And in 2011, he just came out and said, listen, the backstory that we created for, for them is that Marty snuck into Doc's lab one day and was completely enamored with all the crazy Rube Goldberg and all the other experiments he was doing. And, and Doc Brown was impressed with that. So he basically gave him a part-time job. And, and Marty would clean up and help and you know feed Einstein. And that's how they became friends. Because and then put the lotion on its skin. Well, that too, but that's the that's the fourth movie. That's when that comes uh. out. Um, so yeah, so it was like that, and they looked at each other sort of as the black sheep. They 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 had that same you know stigma attached to them in the, in the sense that they were outcasts, and and that's how they connected apparently. And and Bob Gale uh, just he he let that out in an interview with uh, with the uh, website. So. That's super interesting, man. Yeah, I always I always had this headcanon 
it's kind of similar, but you fill in those gaps as like a fan of something. Yeah. And they heavily insinuate in this movie that Doc Brown burned his mansion down to collect the insurance money. Right, um, that's true cuz you see the you see the newspaper clipping uh in the in the opening montage before Marty walks in. And yeah. it's actually dated 1962. Um when when that the Brown estate burns down and then he sold the property. So. Yeah. yeah it's like, that yeah, mansion uh, is pretty fu- pretty freaking baller. It is pretty cool, man. Yeah. It um, is pretty cool. It's actually a museum in Pasadena now. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, you can go there and visit it. Oh, oh that's man. cool. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, All right, road But what's trip, really guys. odd is, and this is a question I had later in the movie, but that garage that he's in is part of that property because it's the same garage when they go back in time when you see the front of it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of weird. So, yeah, there's, there's some explaining to do. <laughs> I yeah. guess that we're never going to get the answer to. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that question up when the time comes, but it's the same garage, clearly, that he's in <laughs> at yeah. that point. That's just yep. some movie magic right there, man. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, in my in my head, I always imagine, like, Doc, you know, lighting the house on fire with the gasoline, and he's such a klutz that he traps himself inside. And this kid skateboarding to school sees this fire and rescues his old man. <laughs> okay. I've made all up right. this whole story in my head. It's all <laughs> bullshit. But, you no, know, but it seemed cool. plausible. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. All right, so uh, Marty runs off. He's got to get to school. He's going to be late. You get your Huey Lewis, Power Love. Wait, wasn't that Ray Parker Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap. No, this is Huey Lewis. Don't mention that name. And this is is kind of the moment that made me want to skateboard as a kid. This, You know, he's just like effortlessly gliding through his town, waving at the girls in the window, hanging on the back of pickup trucks and shit. Like, he just, he looks so cool. And my note as an old man was Marty's a juvenile delinquent in a horn dog. <laughs> you shake your fist at this kid. Exactly. I'm like, you well, I mean, shit. He's a product of his environment. If you look at the, the sign, it's like a, a orgy American style is playing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And he's also doing, you know, some of that skating himself. Uh, Michael J. Fox, he, he, he was uh, coached pretty well. On yeah, this, uh, yeah um, he was. Work. It was good, yeah. With a guy's name well, Weller or something? Something like that, yeah. And and actually, didn't Tony Hawk do some stuff in this movie too? No, that was the the myth was that it was Tony Hawk, but it was actually this guy, like, Ping, Ping Nor Weller or something. It was... Okay. He's, he's like a, uh, like a guy from, an, like a, like a, a Norwegian type country or something was over here, like, doing a the Norwegian competition. Norwegian type country. My wife would kick your ass right now. <laughs> well, I mean, they're all the same. <laughs> Oh, a bunch, all bunch right. of white people Dude, in the snow. You're gonna, you're gonna get a Viking shield made knocking at your door in about 15 <laughs> minutes, buddy. Right. It's a bunch of white people covered in snow. I, uh, <laughs> I think you're right, Joe. Not about that, but about the skateboarder. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, it's some, uh, his name's like Wellner or something like that, or Wellard, or I want to say he had something to do with that Madrid skateboard that was used, like it was his design or something that was on that board, that well, splatter. I think uh, Zemeckis. Design. Went down to a uh, like a local skate park that they were having a competition and saw him skating there, and then asked him to come back and like you know basically work on the movie as part of like the uh, crew, like to give instruction and professional uh, like direction. Gotcha. Okay. Also, he's doing the skateboarding with his backpack slung on one shoulder, which to me is super impressive because I can't even walk with a backpack. On uh, one yeah, shoulder. that's true. 
off balance that is pretty good yeah well that and also that road is probably rough and rocky and he's like just effortlessly gliding over that thing i don't know, know if, you, if you've exactly. ever skateboarded doug but if you get one pebble in front of your wheel you're falling oh you know it's awful that's why I, that's why i didn't skateboard i didn't i did it until that happened and then i said that's nah, all right and road rash is the worst <laughs> yeah. oh marty's got no, but those I big was... uh 60 millimeter wheels he's gliding oh in. yeah yeah that's true no, I was a big rollerblader, so I get it. I totally get what you're talking about. Sorry, I'm not going to say nothing. I don't want to be. Right. No, I played roller good. hockey. Yeah, don't pick on Doug, man. All right. How dare you? Doug's your elder. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I said I wasn't going to say anything. All right. Proceed. About the boots or the fruits. Oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> As a skateboarder, right. you grow up hating rollerbladers. Oh, see, no, like but the I, bane of our existence. We go back further to Friday nights at the roller rink when I was in high school, when there were four wheels on each. Uh, uh, four wheels, okay. Foot, well, know? they were they had four wheels too. They were just in line. And well, yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. But anyway, and like, they always wore like the stupidest, skates, stupidest Jenko <laughs> pants and stuff. No, I didn't. Ju- I told you it was roller hockey. It was totally different. We would have beat the shit out of those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, proceed. All right, so we get to high school. Uh, Marty's girlfriend Jennifer stops him says you can't go in this way because uh, if you go in this way Strickland's going to see you and you can't be late again you know yep. uh, I've been late too many times uh, Jennifer Parker the girlfriend is uh, this is this is Claudia Wells yes yeah and she's replaced in the second movie but for part you know one why? at least this is your Jennifer I do it's kind of sad man yeah Isn't it she is she replaced it at is. the end of this movie like in the final scene isn't she replaced or is no. It? no but they reshoot the final they, scene right. for the beginning of the second movie exactly with the new actor okay that, that's I knew it was something weird like that yeah um, yeah no she uh, she was invited back for the second movie but her mother was sick and she opted to uh, you know yes, care for care her care of her mom yeah yep She's still uh, very attached, and she's she uh, she does a lot of the cons and uh, charity events, and you know she 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 teams up with Bob Gale and Zemeckis and stuff for charity stuff. So, you know, she's part of that family still to this day, which is I think is really cool of them, and and it's good for her. You know, I heard something so. also was about because um, she was way taller, or so, or who was it that was way taller? Well, that, everybody was, was way taller than that. Well, no, they, they had another uh, original Jennifer that when Eric Stoltz was still in the movie. Really? Played. Yeah, and she had to be replaced with with her because she the other girl would have been way taller than Mark than um, Michael J. Fox. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. There was th- there's been three Jennifers basically. Yeah. All right. So despite sneaking around to get into the school, Strickland, you know, he's on to him, and he hey, stops you want, you, in the hallway. I'm sorry to. You want a quick piece of trivia about that school? Oh yeah, um, hit me. It's uh, it's Whittier High School from in Whittier, California. Yeah. Um, and Richard Nixon <laughs> went there. Yep. <laughs> That's oh, his alma mater. So Old tricky Dick cool. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. And he's in a show about time travel too. What? Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Richard Nixon is yeah, a very is. key character in a show uh, about time travel. At, at least his head is. Yep. Head in a jar. <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> All right, so Eric, Strickland. I'm sorry I sidetracked Joe. No, <laughs> oh, and, and in that show about time travel, they do the nasty and the pasty also. Yeah. <laughs> no, interject with any Futurama references you feel are necessary. It's it's. Uh... So um, should we? Because I don't know where this is naturally going to come up, but should we like 
make mention that this entire movie was filmed pretty much twice. Oh yeah, let's get into it, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, six weeks, of, six weeks of shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is which is pretty much unheard of. I mean, they were, yeah. they were. I I want to say like Joe was right. They were close to halfway done with this this yep. movie. Yep. And uh, Marty McFly was played by an actor named Eric Stoltz, and it just wasn't meshing, man. Like it just wasn't what they envisioned for the character or for the movie. He took it really seriously. He took the character in a serious direction. Yeah, he didn't have the comedy chops for it. Right. Yeah. Listen, the man's no Michael J. Fox, okay? Also, I heard uh, uh, Biff was getting pretty mad, like that he was being like, oh, way yeah. too rough. Yep. <laughs> I have heard this story. Tom- yeah. Thomas Wilson, is it? Thomas yep. Wilson. Yeah. Thomas yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Who, yeah, he wanted to hurt him. <laughs> story about him. Yeah, he said like the scene where he actually was going to... like. At the at the dance, he was gonna actually beat the crap out of him. Yeah, he was gonna get a couple of swings back because he almost dislocated his shoulder, or he did dislocate his shoulder. Eric Stoltz yeah. did. Oof. Yep. Yeah, I think Eric Stoltz was like really method, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I did hear that. Um, and yeah, he just you know that scene where they confront each other in the cafeteria it shoves him hard, you know, back. Yeah. Yep. And they did a couple of takes, and it was really goddamn hard. And Tom Wilson tells him, you know, hey, I. Uh, He's, you know, he's a professional. You're shoving me really hard, man. And Eric Stoltz says, okay, okay, okay. They do the next take and shoves him twice as hard. Yeah. And in that um, moment, Tom Wilson decided, oh, I I think I'm going to fuck this kid up. Yeah. Another uh, rumor, which I don't know if it was actually ever confirmed or not, but when he, like, was let go from the movie, um, he was, like, telling them, like, they, like, came to him and said, Eric... And he goes, no, no, it's Marty, Marty, because he like was staying in character. Oh, and then boy. Spielberg goes, no, it's Eric, you're fired. <laughs> oh, God. okay, all right. Oh shit, uh, that's the story I, I heard as one of yeah. the rumors. I don't know if it was actually true or not, but I want to think it was because it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's tough stuff, man. Yeah, and there are apparently or allegedly a couple of scenes where he's actually still in that movie. Oh yeah, um, the scene where Biff gets punched in the face um, in the in the soda shop. Yep. Yeah, like the 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 where you see the fist hitting him in the face is actually Stoltz's fist. Right. Oh shit. Um and then also when he dives into the DeLorean in the parking lot, that's Stoltz also. And he's driving when he when the DeLorean's he's trying to get away from the Libyans, that's also him. Yeah. I yeah, if, if they um, have to cut Eric Stoltz like a ten dollar check for the fist scene <laughs> and try Yeah, to right. Who knows? Like, Who knows? Ugh. All right, so I I'm I'll try to get through the next few parts a little bit quicker because we have a lot of movie to get through yeah that's um, true. <laughs> but basically strickland confronts marty and tells him he's never gonna mount anything just like his old man yeah strickland's neck wrinkle old age makeup is very unsettling just yeah. you know sidebar so is doc jones in the close-ups i mean doc brown sorry his his neck stuff is a, is a little weird too especially in hd yeah they you went real really like, i agree yeah. Ball sacky on the, but, on the yes, there. but yeah, yeah. but I think the person who got it the worst was um, uh, Leah Thompson. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, they they, 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 they put bad. her through the ringer over the course First of the trilogy, around. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, but. so uh, we we basically discern that Marty's an insecure kid. Um, yep. He's in a band. You know, there's auditions coming up for the school dance. Uh, he has an audition tape that he he's just too scared to send to the record label. And, uh, you know, despite his girlfriend supporting him, he's just, he's insecure about it. He doesn't think that he's good enough. And we see later in the movie that it's just a complete 
reflection of his father's insecurities. Yes, yes. But he's fighting. It's funny because it, it, schizophrenic's not the right word, but he's like you know multiple personality because in one breath he's acting like his dad. But in the other breath, he's fighting it, saying, you know, yeah. things are going to change. I'm going to, you know, look, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's interesting the way he played that. And I, I, I definitely dug it. Yeah. He's hopeful. He sees that hot four by yes. four and he's like, one day. One exactly. Day. Exactly. Well, even when um, Strickland confronts him and calls him a slacker, just like your dad, his comment under his breath is, you know, history's going to change. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's a setup for the rest of the movie, obviously. But, you know, so... The glimmers are there for him, you know? That's true. We also, in that moment, learned something about um, Marty's mother, which is that she would never, ever approve of uh, him taking his girlfriend out to the lake. Right. Like, she's a major prude. Yeah. She would not be cool with women who make the move on men. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we get a lot of exposition here, which is good. This is one of those things in film school they talk about as a as a movie that does this really well. They give exactly. you information in a way that's not... I don't want to say it's not obvious, because it is, but it's all purposeful. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, in the dialogue. Yeah. All we of skipped, that... We skipped a big scene, though. Oh, we did skip a big scene. Because we went to the 4x4, four four, but we didn't... The big cameo. Know, the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. So yeah. in the audition... And by the way, Marty can shred. Yeah. Well, whoever no. was actually playing Whoever was playing yeah, the guitar for Marty <laughs> can shred. He's no. got this sweet Ibanez. And, that and, road star, yeah. Yeah, man. And, and that Gibson Victory bass. Oh, I yeah, saw you mention the Gibson bass. Victory bass. I had to Google yeah. it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a sick bass. I might get one of those. That is so cool. It just didn't um, look like any of the guys in that band could play, though. For like the yeah. actors, it was just, you, you'd think they could have got musicians as the background players, right? But and, they, and if you're gonna play like something that's loud and noisy, why are you playing Huey Lewis in the News? I know. <laughs> yeah, they kind of butchered that Huey Lewis in the News song yeah. because it has these really nice pauses and and the way they played it, it all kind of bleeds all over itself. And, well, I mean, they yeah. were just playing too loud. They're just too loud. Too darn loud. Too darn loud. And, and the fact that they butchered that song, you know, I don't blame this man for, for uh, shitting all over him. So Huey <laughs> Lewis himself is sitting in the judges panel yeah, uh, in, in one of the most apt cameos ever, ever recorded and just tells him to fuck off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. <laughs> he says into a megaphone, which is awesome. I know. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> the please. irony. Yeah, uh, the irony of the person who wrote the song—they're fucking up, talking into a megaphone to say it's too loud. <laughs> so, I'm glad you—I'm glad you circled back to that because that's another one of those moments where, as musicians, you do notice that the background players are not really doing anything. It's kind no. of just like, hey, hold, hold this bass and rock back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And also, the band's trying out. You know, I did a lot of these kind of battle of the band sort of things like in high school. Um, it, it seems ridiculous that every band has a full drum kit yeah. like waiting in the wings to get <laughs> set up on the stage. Yeah, I was going to say, how long did it take them to set up that stage just to play for 12 seconds? <laughs> the audition was two weeks. <laughs> uh, all right, so we we see the hot 4 by 4 We learn that Marty's mom is pooped. All of this gets interrupted by a very zealous woman who wants to save the clock tower. Yes. So there's a big clock tower right in the middle of town square. And we find out some more beautifully laid exposition 
that this clock tower was struck by lightning in 1955, hasn't worked since, and she's trying to raise money to fix this thing. Yeah. So that's uh, had- Elsa. Elsa Raven is the actress, and she was, uh, she was a great character Elsa actress. Raven, yeah. She yeah, just she was in Titanic. Recently, yeah, she did fairly recently. She was in Titanic, Amityville Horror. There was an old CBS show called Wise Guy about a, an undercover cop or FBI guy who was in the mob, and she played his mom, his Italian mob, uh, his Italian mom. And uh, so, yeah, I always loved her. And don't forget, we got to reelect Mayor Goldie Wilson. We do have to reelect <laughs> Major, 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 Mayor Goldie Wilson. Which, again, just so beautifully, like, you wouldn't even notice the, the first time around. Yeah. Um, so they get handed this flyer, which has all of the information about the clock tower and the history and what happened that becomes majorly important later in the film. Uh, but for now, it's important to Marty because he wants to get laid. And yeah. uh, Jennifer writes her phone number uh, where she's staying on the back. Right, her grandmother's, I think, yeah. Yep. Yeah, her grandmother's. And then a cute little I love you message. Yep. Right, right. Now Jennifer's dad comes to pick her up in a in the station wagon, which, for my money, is the second coolest car in this movie. <laughs> Do you guys um, are you familiar with the make and model of this car? No, I'm Isn't not it, either. Hold on, let me look at it because I got it up here on my screen. Um, I feel like it's like a wagon, like a Jeep wagon, or oh no, it's a uh, it's a Dodge Monaco wagon. It looks like. Oh is man, it, it is so bad. Maybe it's I just ge- have terrible like taste in cars. Up. It's like a mini <laughs> wagon too. That's great. It's definitely a, a Chrysler K car, um, like in the Chrysler yeah. K car family. Yeah, it looks like a Dodge, like a Dodge Monaco, maybe. Yeah, that I makes mean, sense. I, I would drive or maybe that a thing. Duster. Nah, Duster was gone by then. No, they had Dusters in the eighties. They did. Yeah, they just weren't like what you would think. Well, there's yeah, a lot I of guess. great cars in this. In this, oh, there's a Cicla. Nissan 300ZX sitting behind them when they're making out. Oh, is there a missed? I'm just looking at all the cars in the background right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool freaking Yeah, but cars. that would have been a 280ZX. I don't think the 300 was around then either. I think it might, yeah, it might be. Well, it's actually probably a Datsun, too. It's not even a Nissan. It's it's yeah. a green one. I should know oh, this nice. stuff because, you know, I was around then, but I don't. My, my dad had a Datsun. <laughs> it sat in the garage when I was a kid. It didn't run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it's this movie or the next movie we were doing, but there was a sweet, like, a uh, old Honda in it, too. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah, this one, because when they're walking through the parking lot, it backs out. It's like an old Honda Civic or Honda Accord from the 80s. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's a little hatchback one. Yep. All right, but I digress. It's yeah, a badass car. I can, I Jennifer's can, dad has a sweet wagon, whatever it is. Uh, much respect. So, Marty makes his way home. He lives in a neighborhood called Lions Estates. Which, hold on, I got a bone to pick with Lions Estates. That is the worst gate placement I've ever seen for yeah, a neighborhood. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, they slap it's like they that have up these the shitty movie. props, and they're like, where should we put these shitty props at? Should yes. we just set them in the street? Why don't you put them on the fucking curb like <laughs> every other neighborhood? <laughs> I know. And, uh, That's a fair point. Graffiti covered. It was, yep. it was awful. <laughs> It does look, yeah, it's very beat down. You got these big, like, foam lion statues. Yeah. Like, you literally couldn't fit two cars between it. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> Stupid. Like, whoever designed this just did a shitty job. Yeah. And so they we, look really small. Like, I feel like later in the movie they're going to look way bigger. That's true. That's Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't think you can hide a DeLorean behind that. <laughs> 
Well, oh, no, this is a it, billboard. They hit it oh, no, that was the billboard. Like, okay, yeah. that was the billboard. Oh, yeah. never mind. So we, we see Marty's house, and here we meet two characters, uh, Marty's dad, George McFly, and Biff. Biff works with George, and he's just an, uh, a real douchebag. Yep, oh, Donald yeah. Biff. <laughs> um, so we get that dynamic you know he's he's still a bully or I shouldn't say still because we don't we haven't seen this yet but um, he's a real bully to Marty's dad and he's making yes. him he wrecks his car because he's drinking and driving and it's somehow George's fault it's just a terrible lines. dynamic you gave me a car with a blind spot in it <laughs> well Biff there was no blind spot when we had it what are you blind McFly <laughs> it's like such great lines I, I'm that, not gonna lie. Like that scene reminded me of the first presidential debate this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Like if Biden was like like in his 30s or yeah, early 40s, exactly. And then Trump was just yelling at him. Yep. <laughs> so I cu- a couple of cool things. So I, I found out that Tim Robbins was in the running for Biff. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Thomas F. Wilson beat him out, but he was in the running for it. And that the, the the character named Biff Tannen is based after a universal executive named Ned Tannen. Correct. Who uh, Zemeckis and Gale just couldn't stand. They had run-ins with him all the time. So uh, they named Biff after him. That's yep. amazing. I did see that, too. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Wilson in the role of Biff is really pitch perfect. Yeah, and, I agree. And, and almost to Tom Wilson's detriment because he's one of those actors who – had a hard time separating yeah, he from did. this role. He did. He and had. <laughs> you probably know this, but he eventually typed up a frequently asked questions card yeah. yes, that he would just absolutely. give out to fans because he was sick of answering the questions. You know, well, Tom t- Wilson's a stand-up comedian, and uh, my wife had seen him, you know, uh, a few years back with a, with a friend of hers, and he had a policy at that time that he would not autograph anything related to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He just hated to be associated with it for a long, yep. long time. He's embraced it's, it more now because, well, because money, <laughs> as much yeah, as anything, with the money. cons and stuff. But um, he's 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 eased off that policy, that personal policy. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I had the opportunity to go to a Megacon down here in Florida a few years ago. And uh, this was a birthday gift for my wife. She got me a backstage pass to a reunion, a Back to the Future reunion. So I was front and center, you know, and, and out comes Michael J. Fox, or Christopher Lloyd, Thomas Wilson, everybody. And it was amazing. I mean, I felt like a little kid. Oh, I'll But bet. When, when I met Tom Wilson, he had a podcast at the time. And it, it would just naturally came up as, hey, I, I listened to your podcast. I really enjoyed it. I think you're a really great storyteller. And his eyes lit up uh. because I think I was the first person in maybe three hours to not ask him something about one of these movies right right and, that's and so good. he talked to me for like 20 minutes nice yeah nice. it was awesome yeah that's very cool so all right so back to the, the house future. we meet oh. uh biff and George. oh sorry go ahead i said back to the future back, back to, to the future, future. back right. to the future uh biff and george uh, Biff gives Marty the greatest line in the movie. Say hi to your mom for me. I know. Yeah. And <laughs> one, thing, <laughs> one thing I noticed is the glances between Biff and Marty. So Marty knows what's going on. Biff knows that Marty knows what's going on, but he also knows what's Marty going to do about it. But you can see that telling look like, yeah, I'm fucking your dad over, but you know, what is he going to do? do what are you going to do about it? actually banged Lorraine? 
What's in that? In this timeline? In this uh, timeline. No. It's, it's very possible, but I, I don't... Maybe not. No, I don't think I mean, so. Not in this timeline. No. Not, not necessarily by her choice. Well, yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's not something I I've thought a lot about. I thought more about like did Jabba the Hutt rape <laughs> Princess Leia in Return of the Jedi, and the answer yeah. is for sure. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> that um, definitely happened. Tanaka. Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> I looked for pictures of that today. <laughs> oh no. Anyway. I, Keep going. All right, so Move we get on. some more exposition about Marty's family. It, it, we yeah. learn about uh, his uncle Jailbird Joey, yep. um, his sister and his brother Dave. You know, they're kind of, uh, you know, Dave, I think he works at Burger King. You know, they're just a very, like, yeah. sad sack family. And his mom is a bit of an alcoholic. You know, there's no spark in his mother and father's relationship. He's It's very detached and, and lonely. Um, and even oh, as as Lorraine is telling the story about how they fell in love, and her father hit him with the car, and he was so helpless, he's just like zoned out. Like yeah, he's like he's watching TV out and with the watching... weirdest fucking laugh ever. Oh, I know, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I noticed, and it's it, funny, it didn't really come to light for me until watching it for the show is the sadness in Lorraine's voice and her body language. I mean, you know, when she says the line, and it was then I knew we would be together forever. And you look at yeah. her, and, like, the life just leaves her body. Yeah, and it's yeah. A, it's a very dramatic moment in, in it, you know, a movie that has drama in it, but it's mostly a comedy. But it was hard to watch. I watched it again, and I saw her, and Leah Thompson did such a great job with that because you could see the despair in her her body and just voice and everything it was it was hard definitely yeah it was a really tragic kind of moment yeah just like just trapped in this marriage and they cut back to this guy you know this aloof <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's yeah. yeah it was it was really well done you, and all you she know? had to drink was light beer i know oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I take umbrage with that scene because if you look closely, there's a couple of Bud regulars in the on the show. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. It's just prop masters, <laughs> do your job, man. I know, I know. All right, so we do leave with the impression that they're all pretty unhappy with their lot in life. Um, why does Mar- Biff have his own car? <laughs> why? Yeah, I know. well, he probably wrecked his car. Who the hell knows? Because I was wondering, like, driving. like how does Biff not have a car? Driving drunk and stuff, you know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he was drunk when he wrecked yeah. George's car. What I want to know is who's going to pay to get the beer out of my shirt. <laughs> no, I spilled beer on this jacket. <laughs> so uh, Marty falls asleep. Remember, he has a date with Doc at one yep. fifteen in the morning. Uh, so he gets a wake-up call and skateboards on a yes. rain-slicked road, which, by the way, is, is how I almost broke my hip in the first place. <laughs> Um, okay. With like a really expensive at the time camcorder dangling from his hand. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. That's not that. Right away, I was pissed because was like, fucking Marty. You know. Yeah. You got it all, man. You got an exp- expensive camcorder. You can skateboard in the rain like a real champ. And uh, I try to skateboard down a wind Dixie in the rain, and I fucking <laughs> blow my hip out like an old man. <laughs> I digress. Uh, we meet finally, and, and I apologize for the mix-up. We meet Einstein the dog. 
Yep. Yeah. And the twin was supposed to be a parking lot. He was supposed to be a chimp. He was supposed to yeah, be they, a chimpanzee. Originally, they, they were oh, going to have shit. a chimp, and his name was going to be something else too. Right, um, but uh, Sid Sid Sheinberg stepped in again. He nixed it. He goes, "I, I, I looked it up. I did the research. There's never been a movie made with a chimp that's made money." <laughs> and then Zemeckis brings up uh, the the Clint Eastwood movies, any which way you can, and every which way but loose. He goes, "Yeah, but that was an orangutan, not a chimpanzee." Oh my god! <laughs> I did see that too. <laughs> so they went with the dog. Jesus. Well, if, you know what? While we're on the subject, just a quick side road, and I hate to keep doing this, but uh, speaking of things that were going to be and ended up not being, we're about to see the time machine for the first time. Yeah. And in the original draft of the script, the time machine was not a car at all. Nope. It was, it was a, refrigerator. a refrigerator. Yeah. Now, they love the, this refriger- refrigerator idea so much. Um, and in the original script, in order to generate the 1.22 gigawatts of needed electricity to get this thing back to 1985 they needed a nuclear explosion so the idea was that marty would be in the refrigerator in a atomic testing site and when the bomb went off that would propel him back into his time yeah when this idea died someone held on to it really deeply and waited and waited and waited yes steven spielberg just fell in love with this idea so much that if you go back and watch the classic Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Classic. The take best of the back. Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> take by that way. word back. Um, they they basically did this sequence shot for yeah, shot. Yeah, he did. Where yep. Indiana did. is in a test site, a bomb's about to go off, and he puts himself in a lead-lined refrigerator and flies through the air. And Best I wish part he, of that whole I bet movie. he wished he could go back in time and make the <laughs> Exactly. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Or go back in time and ask for more money to be subjected to that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of regret involved with that movie, man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But in the movie we got, we get a much better time machine, which is the DMC DeLorean motor car. Yep. And man, it's badass. Designed by John DeLorean. Yeah. Who had a cocaine problem. For just my money, just a little bit. But, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. For my money, it's the best car reveal in cinema. Like, it's just so epic. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely It's also it. the most impossible car reveal in cinema. This is true. There would be no way for Doc. how the hell did he get in the car <laughs> inside the van? <laughs> I know. You're not supposed to think too deeply about that part. What he should have been doing was standing like around the corner, like behind a tree, and then when Marty pulled up, opened the back and used the remote control to drive the car out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But and like, did he have like a fog machine in the back of the van with it, or was that I like know. was that like monoc- carbon monoxide trying to kill himself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was almost a totally different movie before the kids showed up. Yeah. Almost like, turned this into is my best invention yet. <laughs> I'm gonna end it all. And how did he know Marty just then pulled in the parking lot? He couldn't see out of the van. I know. I know. Don't spoil the magic for me. It Come leads on, to it. It leads to a great transition. I yes, think. thank you, Doug. Okay. You and I are on the same wavelength, right? Man. When so that the car backs out, everybody in the audience, our jaws are dropped. This thing is amazing. This sleek, beautiful machine, and the gull wing opens up, and Doc Brown steps out, <laughs> and he's the absolute opposite of this car. Yeah, he's just this bumbling, goofy doofus. We love him. 
But it's like the best juxtaposition. It's just another small point that reinforces how perfect this movie is. And yes. we almost didn't even have a DeLorean. Right, exactly. We were that they, close. They got money, or they, they, they had an <laughs> yes. offer from Ford to pay them $100,000 to put to use a Ford Mustang. But you know why they, don't, they didn't put it in there? Well, because yeah, I mean, Doc Brown well, doesn't drive a fucking Mustang. Right. That was that was Bob Gale's line. That's His why. response was, "Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang." Yep. Yeah, Doug, I I could not agree with you more. I'm looking right? at my notes, and it's it's literally DeLorean reveal, best car reveal in cinema, followed immediately by bumbling Doc like Disney's yeah. goofy yeah. getting out of the car. Like it's exactly. just the most perfect. <laughs> not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're out. in sync, buddy. We're in sync because yeah, yeah it, it was so striking. But again, oh it's what God. makes this movie near perfect. It's like yeah. a Is precursor those... to, go- to a Goofy movie because <laughs> Mar- Michael J. Fox looks just like Max. Exactly, that's true. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that. We got to do that movie because I love that flick. That's, that's a, a great one. movie, man. Holy shit! Anyway, but yeah, All it's right, just so a cool. Again, it just reinforces that fact. Um, yeah, yeah, just the visual gags and all that. So yep. we we get our first test of this time machine. And that's the dog, and he's going to move the dog one minute forward into the future. Um, now, yeah. we also learned in this moment that when the car hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit, which is a <laughs> fantastic line from the movie. Yes. But also that Doc um, is willing to die for this experiment and yeah. kill a child. Yeah, because he's standing yeah. right in the way. He's like, don't move, Marty. Stand right here. It's we okay. can't like stand to the side and observe this. we got to stand mm. right in front of right. this car. And, and by for the way, guys- with the exception of having slow clocks go off at the same time, none of this man's experiments have ever worked. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, his his supreme confidence in this moment is yeah. little, Let's, let's hope this works better than the amp. <laughs> yeah. But lo and behold, it actually works. The, the car disappears, and Marty's fucking flabbergasted. You know, and their feet should be on fire, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah, the fire's a little sketchy in this movie. Yeah, I know, but that's all right. <laughs> and what I don't understand is if he can get it up to sixty something miles an hour with the brake on, why I can't know, he get it right? to eighty eight with the brake on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, he had plenty of parking point. lot too to not and the car have to only do needed that. to go like an extra twenty three miles an hour to get up to speed. Which the irony is, DeLoreans don't even go that fast. Right. <laughs> They had to like repaint all the speedometers because they only went up to eighty five. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they like re-engine this car for this movie? Like they put a, a Porsche yes, en- they had engine to. in it or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, they couldn't accomplish even just the and, driving stunts with it um, as it was. No dogs were hurt during the filming of this. <laughs> However, any scene you see where the dog is actually driving the car—that's a stuntman in a dog costume. <laughs> oh, oh that's no way. Great. That's and they great. actually have pictures of him sitting down. And he's like ducked down below the dash, looking through the dash. And there's a little hole under the dog's mouth. And he's sitting in there with a dog costume, driving the car to the parking lot. <laughs> the things you <laughs> that do that might for movie be the magic. best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch it. It's like the best. It's the visuals on it are amazing. Oh my god! So the test is a success. They did actually see some serious shit. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you get this explanation of how this time machine works and why it's constructed the way it is and how the idea for time travel even came to be he, he tells Marty the story of when he invented uh time travel in the flux capacitor he was uh hanging a, a picture in his bathroom slipped on some wet porcelain hit his head and when he came to he had this vision for this this device um 
and and he's also having Marty film all of this because you know for prosperity he wants to you know um, prove that he can do what he set out to do. Um, when we get to the point where we discover that it was Doc who stole the plutonium to fuel the time machine from the Libyans who wanted him to build a bomb, um, the movie goes off the rails in a really fun yeah. way. And you hear a vehicle pull up, and his and Doc's Brown, Doc Brown's expression changes. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna misquote him, but it's basically like, you know, I don't. They found me. They I don't found know me. How, but they found but me. They found me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Marty's like, who? And he's like, it's the Libyans. <laughs> like, yes. This is fucking great. Which is ironic. It's the Libyans, and they yeah. um after t- after nine uh, eleven, they had to like re-edit this movie for any viewing to take the word terrorist out and the word living out. Oh, no. oh yeah. So if you watch a newer version of this, like where it's on TV or anything, whenever they look at the paper, it won't say the word terrorist in the paper. They digitally edited it out, and it also they also won't vi- verbally say it either. But why? I don't know. That's silly. But yeah, no, I didn't know. And that. they made that the Libyans very Middle Eastern, even though Libya is in Africa. Yeah, but they they look Libyan. I've met a Libyan or two in my lifetime. They look Libyan. Uh, here, you, you working at Kennedy Airport, you meet a lot of people. Regions are the same. <laughs> right. Oh man! Proceed. So uh, yeah, the Libyans they gun down poor Doc Brown. Yep. With a like an AK, like he's he's down for the count. Uh, to which Marty exclaims, "Bastards!" <laughs> and they yeah. start gunning for Marty, this poor kid in a radiation suit. So. What does he do? He hops into the car and, and tries to outrun him. Eventually, uh, delivering the line, let's see if you bastards can do 90. Right. And what's, <laughs> what's really crazy is he's shooting an AK-47 at them. And the thing about the AK-47 was it was designed never to jam. Never. Like, it, yeah, I know. It never jammed. It's like and the most reliable gun there is. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. I'm oh, not, yeah. You can pour. You can... Keep it in sand to pull it out, and it'll yeah. shoot. <laughs> Put it in the mud, like liquid yeah. mud, and pull it out, and it'll still fire. Yeah. Oh shit. That's why, like, you see them all over the world being used by like all these crazy, like third world country nations and stuff, because they're like indestructible guns. Third world oh, countries, yeah. you know, like the whole Russian army too. <laughs> well, but, I mean, uh, did you, you know ever see Nicholas Cage in Lord saying. of War? I know what you're saying. That's another yes, great movie. That is a good movie. But that's actually a really interesting point because one of the one of the things about this movie, so you have a gun that is not supposed to jam. And it jams. But it does in order for Marty to travel through time. Right. And um, why are they driving a the Volkswagen bus? It was a, the, <laughs> because it had it was a, a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it had a bazooka roof on it, yeah. <laughs> a bazooka roof. I mean, go. they had so many other choices of vehicles no, they could I know. have used. Hey, look, they went to the the movie lot rental and that's what they got <laughs> and, and how do they know he'd be in the parking lot of a mall at 115 because <laughs> they're smart they found and him why did they have their how. headlights off until how. like he they, they saw <laughs> then turn them on why did they even turn them on why didn't they just leave them off i know all right come and on we're attacking why do they have them on later in the movie when they're driving there but then right. they turn them off when they get there just turn them off again all right joseph plot hole o'rourke <laughs> But, but to be fair, what my point was, some of these plot holes and some of these issues, um, there are theories, since this is a time travel movie, that even things that are inexplicable or things that are not supposed to happen, right. happen, it's the timeline preserving itself to prevent a paradox. Yep. 
So a gun that's not supposed to jam will jam in order to prevent a paradox. Because um, it's already happened. Right. There are yeah. there are instances in this movie where the DeLorean will stall for no reason and start up again for no reason. And it all aligns perfectly with things happening the way they're supposed to. So if the car would have started when the character wanted it to, things would not have happened the way they were 100%. supposed to. Yep. So it's an interesting theory, and we'll dive into that when it comes up. But or this could is be because DeLoreans are not reliable cars. Well, the, yeah, famously it's a hunk of shit car, but that does not stop me from, as a grown man, wanting one really, Oh, I want really one bad. too, because exactly. they are hunks of shit. <laughs> yeah. And that was the only car I ever drove when I played Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, in an attempt to outrun these Libyans... Marty gets up to 88 miles per hour and travels back to 1955, which was the date that Doc programmed in when he was reminiscing on the day he invented time travel. Yeah. Um, Let's see if these bastards can do 90. See if these bastards can do 90. They cannot. No. Um, When he travels through time, he ends up in the same spot, but 30 years prior, and he's in Peabody's Farms. Yeah, old man Peabody. Old man Peabody. It's a hilarious scene. He's super confused. He runs over a scarecrow. The face scares him in the windshield, and he crashes Which, into the barn. When yep. he hits the scarecrow, it flies over the car. And then somehow <laughs> and while then he crashes into the, the barn, his car gets completely car. turned around. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's also doing 90 miles an hour into a barn and stops <laughs> immediately and doesn't die. So. And, and yeah. somehow he's facing the opposite direction when they come to the barn. <laughs> yes, Very true. yes. But he's it was a out. great shot, man. Exactly. Because it, it recreated that, that comic book cover so beautifully. Yes. And you know what the name of that comic book was? That was Tales from Space. And that was a real comic book. Yep. And you know what show was based on that comic book later down the road? Oh, Outer Limits? Tales from the Crypt. Oh, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, I see. Similar artwork and everything to the comic book for Tales from the Crypt, which actually was the... That was the the inspiration. Yeah, you had Tales from the Crypt, the EW comic that... Right, because so, that okay. comic's an EW also. So that was the top an EW. Okay, wow. It actually has an EW on the comic book the little kid has. Ooh, huh. that's good stuff, man. Yeah, you're gonna get me in trouble because now I'm gonna get on eBay. Like, how much would it cost to get one of these old <laughs> tail? Yeah, but anyway, um, it's a really visually cool moment because the DeLorean does sort of replicate the look of the UFO on this kid's comic book. Oh, definitely, and that's why they picked it. Yeah. They specifically picked a DeLorean for the gull wings to make it look like a, a, a spaceship or a saucer. Yeah. Now, there was a subtitle on that comic book also. Spaceman from Pluto. Ah, the real <laughs> title yeah, of this the movie. episode, or the issue title or whatever. Okay, so it wasn't totally random that Sid went with that. No, that's what they, no, that's oh, what they, they gave Oh, they put it in to bust They put it in to appease him. I love it. Oh, that's did they great. really? See, I'm yeah. thinking this guy's like watching the dailies, and he's like, you know what? Fuck this title I got going. That and do you know what that little kid's name was? No. no. It's only in the credits. It's Sherman Peabody. Oh, a throwback to the God. Oh, damn. Peabody that is Sherman so great. Good. That the is so great. Yep. Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. I, if you I look know. in the credits, his name is Sherman Peabody. That is fantastic. <laughs> I should have seen man. that. That's so great. Uh yeah, so, a yeah. couple of great lines. Old Man Peabody's lines are so great. <laughs> yeah. oh I got God. you, you mutated son of a bitch. <laughs> He's already mutated to human form. Shoot him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then when he drives away and runs over his pine, you space, space bastard. bastard. You killed, killed my, my pine. pine. 
which, which actually comes enough, back into play later in the movie. Yep, I was going to yes. say earlier when we went to the mall, it was called Twin Pines Mall. Let's see what happens later in the movie. Let's yeah. see. You know, my wife bought me a mug that says Twin Pines Mall. If we <laughs> fill it with hot liquid, that disappears uh, and really? it turns into the Lone Pine Mall. Oh, that's, that's cool. fantastic. Oh. I love that. She's the best, man. Honey, <laughs> I love you. I love you. I know you're not going to listen to this, but I love you. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Marty escapes, narrowly escapes from the Peabody's farm and, and runs down one of his pines, and he's just having a fucking freak out. Like, he, yeah. he thinks he's hallucinating at this point. Well, he must be because, you know, it's like 1 a.m. when he gets there, and somehow within like two minutes, it's already sunrise. And then, like, a couple <laughs> minutes later, it's bright daylight. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We got a real Halloween situation here with the time. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how long he sat in that barn, but, like, before they came. Well, I know, because it was, like, instantly, because they came out as soon as they heard yeah, the noise. Yeah, they came, because yeah. the things were still smoking and stuff. So. And it was still, like, one-something in the morning at that point in time, just 30 years yeah. in the past. And who the hell, when they hear something crash into their barn, brings their entire family out? <laughs> <laughs> There's something dangerous out here. Wake the kids well, up. Let's all go out together. The opening scene of Mars Attacks. The whole family comes out of the house yeah. to oh, watch yeah, the true. burning cows and flying saucers. So it must be a flying saucer thing. Maybe. So um, and why isn't the DeLorean covered in ice? Because it was too expensive. They, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. did it once. They it did it once looked and like it looked a flying cool. flying saucer on a comic book cover. Yeah, but, but they were like, all man, right. that, that, that was just so impractical. So... Marty drives back home. It's the only thing he could think to do. But when he gets to his neighborhood, his neighborhood has not yet been built. Right. Yep. And Although, for some reason, those stupid gates are still there. <laughs> the stupid gates well, are there, they're but building that's them. it. And the billboard that's advertising yeah. his future neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> it's really cool. At this point in the film, it feels very Twilight Zone. It feels very yeah. throwback uh, Twilight Zone, to me at least. Oh, absolutely. So, Marty attempts to to get the car going again and it stalls this is the first time the car has this sort of mechanical failure and again going back to this time travel paradox theory the theory is that if he was able to continue driving the car into town people would have freaked out the government would have gotten involved you know the movie could not have proceeded the way it did and that would have created a real problem with the uh, fabric of space and time exactly so he had to hide it behind the billboard. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my beer is wearing off. <laughs> so he hoofs it. He, he goes downtown to you know the town square where he was hanging out with his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie down in Hill Valley. Um, you get this cool Mr. Sandman sequence yep. Yep. where he's just taking everything in, how different it is, like how quaint... And to me, as a kid who was not alive in this time period, maybe it's romanticized, but this is what I think of whenever I think of the 50s. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Just like this idyllic sort of, yep. you know, town square. Well, the now way they, they, yeah, they cut to the gas station and you see the pump jockeys yeah. coming out, taking care of the car, you know, the soda shop. They filmed shop, the all the, uh, the 50s scenes first while well, the towns looked nice and pretty. Then they dirtied it up for the 80s scenes. Yeah. Ah, that yeah. makes sense. Now, you know, I say that, but I'm like a, I'm a brown guy. So if I traveled back to 1955, I don't know if I would have had the same luck as Marty. You know, it wouldn't have been so idyllic yeah, to see. Yeah, that's maybe. true. Might have been yeah. a bit different. You're, you're 100% right. I don't know. 
I mean, you could run from here. That's true. <laughs> One day, I'm yeah. gonna clean up this town. Yep. So I got I got to say another another moment in this scene that reaffirms how beautiful this movie is is so Mr. Sandman's playing it's such a perky upbeat like you said 50s idyllic song and when it all starts really setting in to Marty that there's obviously something very wrong going on here it Mr. Sandman transitions out and this eerie you know the eerie score starts playing and then the clock tower rings and then he just turns around and looks at the clock tower ringing, which he's never heard in his life because yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, it's near flawless for me as far yeah. as movie making goes. Like just that, it was such a smooth transition. And then his reaction, you know, when it all sets in, when it sinks in, yeah. that, you know, he's not in Kansas anymore. So to speak. Preach so. it, man. Preach it to me, brother Doug. Yeah. I, yeah. So. I feel the same way about this, this sequence. And then immediately after that, he goes to the trash can, picks up the newspaper, and it has the yes. date, uh, November 5th, 1955. I don't know what that shot is. It's it's a really cool-looking shot where it almost looks like the camera's locked, and it moves in a, I want it like in an arc. And yeah. I'm sure like some film you know person is screaming at whatever they're listening to right now. I'm sure there's a term for this shot. Yeah. You know, kind of like the Jaws shot is real famous for that. Yes, for exactly. That effect. But it just works so well in the context of like, oh, shit, this is not a dream. This is really happening. This weirdness. Right. Yeah. 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 And we get the same uh, van. Well, it's not the same van, but the same like idea of a van drive around. But now they're trying to elect Red Thomas. Yeah. Yes. As mayor. Who we meet later in the film. Yes, we do. Or at least... Yeah. I, yeah. it, it, it's thought that that could be him possibly. Yes, that's true. I have heard some mixed feelings on that. <laughs> but see, for me, this is where some of the other cooler cars of the movie exist is in this time period. Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. So Marty goes into the diner, which previously, you know, in his in his existence was an aerobics uh, class where he was waving to the sweeties every morning. There's right, no sweeties. Right. Yeah, there's no Suzanne Summers and, and leotards. It's a... Uh, now it's a diner with a curmudgeon man, and Marty just wants to use a phone. Um, Lou. <laughs> Lou. That's Lou. right. Lou's diner. Lou. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Marty goes to the phone booth, and he's looking up Doc Brown's address, uh, tears the page out in front of the guy, which I always like, I know. registered yeah. as weird to me. Because it looks like Lou's the kind of guy to beat the snot out of you if you did that. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> tore up my, the, my thing, and you're going to buy something? Yeah, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? But that's also one of those things that I didn't know, like, culturally in the 50s, was it acceptable to do that? Like, it, no, it was never yeah, acceptable. I wonder that, that myself. It was never acceptable to do that. You, <laughs> it, it, you kept that to yourself if you did it. So Lou does does give Marty the business and says, look, man, you, you got to order something or get the hell out. Yeah. So you get this funny back and forth about, like, uh, I'll take a Pepsi free. Yeah, I'll take a tab. tab. Or tab. I can't give you a tab until you order something. And then, then the Pepsi for you. Well, if you want a yeah. Pepsi, you're gonna have to pay for it. For it, just like, give me uh, something with no sugar. <laughs> and then he hands a 17 year old a cup of black coffee, yeah. which I couldn't acquire a taste for until I was like 32. So good on Marty, man. Um, so Marty is sitting there at the at the bar, and who sits down next to him but his dad? Yeah. Um. Also, we meet Biff again, a younger Biff, 
with his uh, his kind of crew, his gang of uh, you know miscreants with him, and they're there to harass George McFly because right. that's what they do. And something um, interesting about Crispin Glover, he lost his voice during shooting, so there were multiple scenes where he had to mouth his words, and they had to dub them back later because he couldn't speak. I don't know if this scene is in particular is one of them, but it happened on a few scenes that they had to actually go back and dub his uh, his audio back in. Oh wow! I didn't see. Yeah. I'm learning new things about. That. <laughs> That's why I love doing this podcast, man. Is because yeah, I love this movie all, so much, and I'm, we're all I'm learning, learning stuff, stuff I never knew. Yep. So this uh, the scene play for play is the scene in the beginning of the film where Biff needs him to do some work for him for yes. the company that they both work for. In yep. this case, he needs his homework done. And the lines are identical, and it just works so well as a mirror. They're almost yeah. identical. Almost. Almost right. identical. Right. There's one part that I actually caught, and I was happy they did it. In the original scene, he goes, not too early, I sleep in on Saturdays. And this scene, he goes, not too early, I sleep in on Sundays, because a day has passed. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so I'm wow. glad they, did, they actually caught that continuity error before I could shit on it. <laughs> they knew one day you'd have a podcast and you'd just be looking for things man like, because you know a day has now passed so it is now sunday even though would no, it really not. be sunday it's not it's still saturday no because the night he was crashing the barn yeah but yeah, that was, so, that was yeah, still 1 30 in the morning it was already whatever it was the fifth it's, but it's daylight outside when he's in the, in the restaurant I understand that, but if it's one thirty in the morning on the fifth, and then it's later in the day when the sun comes up, it's still the fifth. So it's the same day. But also, just because the same day doesn't mean it's the same day of the week. <laughs> like, no, I know exactly. He did every, change. That's it, yeah. what I was wondering. I wonder if they looked back and like see. Okay, so what day it was November fifth? I'm gonna yes, scroll Nove- back. November fifth. I do know because I I didn't look this up, but I did look up that. Going back to the opening scene with the uh, newspaper clipping so about November his fifth of nineteen eighty-five would have been a Tuesday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'll see what it would be on November fifth, nineteen fifty-five. Thank God for a computer that you can actually go back. And yeah, I know, right? Look at all these things. No, so November of nineteen fifty-five, the fifth would have been a Saturday. All right, so okay. they got it right. Okay. That's why he said Sunday. Look at that! That's man. exactly it. Cool, cool beans. So, but but the original would have been a Tuesday. It would the eighty five would have been a Tuesday. Yeah. You know what the real problem with this movie is? Is if he had traveled from November fifth, nineteen eighty five, to November fifth, nineteen fifty five, he would be in outer space, right? Because the planet would be in a different position around the sun. <laughs> All <right. laughs> wow! All right, now, okay. Uh. <laughs> That's pretty pretty funny. All right, yeah. so uh, we we get that nice little bullying moment, uh, but Marty, you know, sticks up for his dad in a way, and he's he's a little tougher than his old man, you know, right out of the gate. Yes. So, <clears throat> oh, I'm losing my place here. My God, uh, I'm having a non uh, I'm soda shot stroke. Gold, Goldie walks up behind him, or no? Biff comes in. McFly. Yes, right. Biff and the Biff and the crew come in. Um, this is the scene where Marty trips Biff. No, no, that's later. No, oh, that's, that's later. later. Okay. 
Yeah. That's when everybody's in there. He does it in front of everybody. Right. No, this is when he stay he stands up to Biff for the first time. That's um, correct. Yeah, that's right. And we get that shot of uh of just how tall Biff is in comparison to yeah, Marty. Yeah. Over exactly. the shoulder and his eyes get wide and he's like, oh, the God, first shot, such a great shot. The first shot of that comparison. Marty seems to keep forgetting how big Biff is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right, so we get... Uh, well, real quick, though, with, with, with uh, Biff's gang, uh, Billy Zane before he was famous. Yep. Titanic. And uh, Casey Shamasco too. So I, I dig him as a character actor. He was in uh, Three Clock High. I don't know if you guys remember that movie where he's bullied and he's going to get his ass kicked by the guy at three o'clock um it's a high silly high school movie but he was in that and he was in stand by me he was in young guns so i dig him too anyway go ahead nice all right so after biff and the gang leaves you have uh goldie wilson who works in the in the diner just kind of like why don't you stand up for yourself and you know george is a coward and biff is much bigger than him and Marty's amazed at what's going down. And he sees uh, Goldie Wilson, and he blurts out, like, you're going to be the mayor. And this right. is actually the moment where Goldie Wilson decides, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Exactly. And he becomes the mayor of Hill Valley in the 80s. Yep. There's a he's going to clean of, up this town. He's going to clean it. We'll start by sweeping up this. Yeah. <laughs> start sweeping the floor. But uh, this, is, this is really... One of the first big ways that Marty like shapes the but, future of of. Uh, but when the his, movie starts earlier, Goldie Wilson was already the mayor. So had Marty already went back at that point? Yes, because it's uh, it's called but predestination. It wasn't, it wasn't fully retconned because his family was still living in a shitty life. Well, this is sort of the the theory of the two timelines, right? Is is right. the original timeline was always destined to be changed into a secondary timeline so it's a predestination in that marty would always have traveled from 85 to 55 and set those things into motion exactly Um, it has to happen that way but if he set there's because he sets two things really two big things into motion first of all the goldie walls and becoming mayor but he also sets his dad into like standing up to biff so in the previous existence though wilson was still the mayor but his dad had not yet stood up to biff that's that's true. I get what you're saying. And, yeah, and it's like, why why would one thing ha- be changed but not the other? If it's going to count it that way, then both things would have been changed. That's no. I I I track what you're saying. And and you could always argue that oh, he got inspired in some other way to become mayor. He was always you right. Know, he watched Blazing Saddles. <laughs> he watched Blazing yeah, you Saddles. Go. Yes, exactly. There's a um, timeline in which a, a black guy invents rock and roll, and there's a timeline in which he stole it from a, a white seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. There's, so there's some... I, it, this reminds me to to point out that some of the information I got is from a documentary called Back in Time it's from 2015. Um, they interviewed everybody from Zemeckis to to Gale to to Michael J. Fox, the whole cast, and they did a lot of fan stuff too. It was a very it was about an hour and a half long. It's on Netflix. It's really good. And they they had a lot of scenes with Donald Fullerlove, who plays Goldie Wilson. And he just, he comes across in this documentary as like the nicest guy on the planet Earth. And yeah, he's, he's so cool. embracing of his character, even though it's small. Like when he goes, man, he, he'll do that. Like he has people, he says, come up to him on the street all the time and just ask him to do that. And he just does it because he loves to do it and he loves to be cool to the fans. 
So he just oh, seemed like a amazing. really cool guy, and I would recommend this Back in Time documentary to everybody because it's really a it's a it's a nice nostalgic, memorable view of what went on behind the scenes and in front of the camera. There's a lot of footage of of um, Eric Stoltz. They show the scenes that were shot. Um, you know, quick snippets. They don't go into a lot, but you see. The scene where Mo- we just talked about where Marty walks through town in 1955, they showed the Eric Stoltz version of that. And it's just, you know, it, it's weird to see it, obviously, along with it. What about the guy in the dog suit? You know, well, I don't know the if they mentioned the that. Suit. But um, <laughs> it's definitely a cool thing. It's a cool documentary to watch if you're a fan of the movie. So, And that's where I got a lot of my stuff from. So, nice. Go ahead. All right, so uh, George leaves the diner and, and Marty follows. You know, this is his father, after all. He's He's perplexed um he loses track of him until he finds him up in a tree <laughs> spying on a girl getting undressed great line uh, full-on binoculars and uh, realizes that his dad is a peeping tom it's so yeah. it's such a great line like He's a prevert a, tom. a prevert yeah yeah and uh what ends up happening is he discovers that this whole story about how the his parents met was predicated on his father just being a pervert. Right, and falling which, out of a tree. Which, <laughs> yeah, which falling out of a tree, which you, you never knew. So George falls out of the tree as Lorraine's dad's car is driving down the street, and Marty instinctively pushes him out of the way, but gets hit himself, effectively placing himself in the position of George. And this is the point at which the movie becomes about a boy wanting... Want, a boy's mother... Um, wanting to fuck her son yeah it's the weirdest <laughs> yeah. thing this is ever. what turned disney off yeah <laughs> to want to paramount movie. Well, didn't think it was enough they're like yeah i know not racy exactly <laughs> yeah uh, it, it gets very very uncomfortable from this point forward speaking of uncomfortable i just sent over a picture of the stuntman with the dog head on i saw oh, it God, i'm gonna have to check that out his it's name so the great. stuntman's name was dick butler oh there no you go. <laughs> Yeah, so they had a is... Dick Butler acting like the dog. Nice. All right, so Marty wakes up. It's nighttime. Um, he, he basically has this, like, oh, it was all a dream moment because his mother's right. voice tells him, you know, oh, you've been out for a long time, Marty. And, and I know was, Marty. <laughs> he's assured that he's safe and sound in good old 1955. Yep. So he snaps back to reality, like, oh, fuck. Um, he sees his mom, but she's young and she is hot. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. This Leia was like, Thompson you're so hot to this day. <laughs> okay. He's definitely one oh, of my crushes. Man. Oh yeah, dog, dude. She listen, Leah Thompson, I mean, Thompson was, was yeah the top of my list growing up, man. Like she just was one in of my all the Brat Pack movies that I saw as a as yep. a late teens, early twenties guy, and yeah, definitely she's, ha- she's Howard cool. the Duck. Yeah, <laughs> right. Howard the Duck exactly. was the real was the real winner there. I yeah. told this story on on Just Surprise Me, so real quick, I'll just I'll give you the cliff notes. When I met Leah Thompson, I came really dangerously close to asking her what it was like to have sex with a duck. <laughs> Because I kind of froze up, man. Like, I was just yeah, I was so sure. starstruck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we we get really strong sexual tension between a mother and son in this scene. Oh, yeah. It's weird. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie 
is where are my pants? Over there on my hope chest. On my hope <laughs> yeah, chest. <laughs> I absolutely the way she love delivers that line. that line is just so yes, classic. Man. Exactly. Oh, she's, she's looking like down, sort of bashfully looking down on my hope chest. <laughs> and, and I got to say where... that the whole. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say this is the scene where we get uh, Marty's nickname while he's in the 50s of Calvin Klein. Yeah. Or and, if you lived in France at the time, Pierre Cardin. Thank you. I was going to bring that yeah. up. But I do have to bring up, it's funny because the, the, the Calvin Klein joke is very 1985. Because back then, like, <laughs> you had your, your tidy whities and you had your straight boxers. And the designer, like, undergarment thing was just starting to blossom, late 70s, early 80s. So okay. it was like, you know, I wouldn't have been caught dead in a pair of Calvin Kleins because, you know, you were a douche if you wore that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, so, or, or probably in my case, I convinced myself I didn't qualify <laughs> to wear Calvin yeah. Kleins because I was a, was a geek loser. But anyway, it was just, it's a very 1985 thing. I mean, it, it doesn't fall flat at all today. People get it and they laugh at it, but it was definitely yeah. an 80s thing, you know? So, damn, that's that's uh, that's interesting, man. Because uh, I mean, I was born in 1985, so right. I'm, even learning the history of uh, of underwear. When I was growing up, it was like <laughs> boxer shorts. If you didn't wear boxer shorts, yeah. like if you still wore tidy whities in high school, it was a problem. You know, I yeah. was I was a tidy whitey guy till about eight years ago. <laughs> Oh, that I went boxer, but it, it, just really quickly, it goes back to to the whole thing about you know what we used to call designer jeans. You know, there were <laughs> there were Levi's and and there were the knockoff brands, but then like the Calvin Klein designer jeans with like st- stitching decorations on the pockets and stuff and tight fitting jeans, they came in in the late seventies and and early eighties, and that this whole underwear thing was you know part of that. So. All right, that's that's the history lesson. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, and Marty was a cool kid, so I, that tracks that he'd have like you know, the yes, one hundred percent sort of yeah. stuff. A player. I mean, he's they wearing were players suspenders for no reason. Yeah. yeah. All right, so all of the little puzzle pieces that we got earlier in the film are now starting to come into play. Like we meet the baby version of uh, Uncle Jailbird Joey. Yeah, that's uh, great. Gotta use those bars, kid. Yeah, I know. He loves his playpen. He just cries whenever we take him out, so we just leave him in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the mom says. We get some more sexual tension with Lorraine, and and you know, come sit next to me, and she's touching his leg. Uh, I'm gonna give you an under the table handy. Out of control, (laughs) completely out of control. Oh my god, yes. Um, and there's also another really funny line when he's trying to figure out where john f kennedy drive is yeah oh i know who the hell is this is is what made me think is he's trying to figure out where the doc lives yet he knows where the fucking doc lives because he goes there all the fucking time i know exactly well no it was yeah i don't know i agree it it is just because the streets have different names doesn't mean they're not in the same place yeah he's just just a, just a, a, a couple of quick points about this scene some continuity issues but things that were done on purpose yeah first off like the jfk thing with a dad not knowing who JFK. JFK was pretty famous in 1955. He was a senator from Massachusetts. You know, his, his dad was Joe Kennedy. Everybody knew the Kennedys, so it's a little off, but it doesn't matter. But the whole Honeymooners thing, right? So yeah. the Honeymooners premiered in 1955 in October, so it was definitely on, and, and the, they were new. But that episode didn't debut until New Year's Eve, 1955. <laughs> they used it 
because it made sense because it was the Spaceman episode. So it made perfect sense, and I completely get it. Yeah. But yeah. the funny thing is, there was an episode, I don't know the title of that one, that was released on November 5th <laughs> in maybe, 1955. Maybe they were a Nielsen family. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> I totally get it why they use that. And it's a couple of months or it's a month, whatever. But, yeah, I, that's the nerd in me. I actually looked all that shit up. <laughs> okay. That's amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, leaving Lorraine's house when, you know, Marty makes his exit, uh, makes his way over to Doc Brown's place, which now there's a house, which there wasn't <laughs> in the 80s. Um, you awesome see house. 50s. 50s doc for the first time so he doesn't have the ball wrinkles on his neck anymore which is nice exactly exactly otherwise Um, he looks the same (laughs) exactly the same yeah because that's christopher lloyd he always looked old when he was young he looked old you know yes and i do find it funny that we find out einstein is 30 years old (laughs) (laughs) i mean they didn't specifically say that his name was einstein but they had like Tiny puppy, (laughs) you know like come on i see i read i read that as because wasn't the dog Copernicus in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, they might have said his name. You're right. I think he did not in that movie. In three, was it three? I don't know. But you're right. I mean, they don't specifically say it's Einstein, and we obviously know it's not because the dog's not yeah, thirty years yeah. old. But it is. It's a cute way they just bring this puppy that looks like Einstein. So, <laughs> yeah. So Doc's got this this uh, big device on his head. This ridiculous, you know, device, and. It's a mind-reading apparatus, so he sticks this suction cup on Marty's head, and and it's you know, don't, 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 don't tell me anything, don't tell me anything, <laughs> and he surmises that uh, Marty came from a great distance, uh, and wants him to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary. Yes. Now, the obvious gag is that you know Doc is bullshitting and he's just doing a cold read on this kid because he's wearing the the orange vest and all that. Yeah. But if you really dig at this thing. I think that his invention worked. It was just kind of pulling information from different right. places. Yeah, so I don't did, disagree. He did come from a great distance. Yep. Um, that whole wants him to make a donation. He was maybe seeing flashes of the flyer or the right. you know the clock mm-hmm. tower thing, and the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary. When he got to 1955, he got that comment like, "What'd you jump ship, kid?" Like yeah. people were always talking about this vest. So. No, it's Make true. it out what you will, but that's my theory. Yeah. Um, Mar- Marty lays it all out there for Doc. Um, you know, he's a time traveler. He's from the future. Doc thinks he's full of shit. Future um, boy. <laughs> future boy. I he tries to give him proof. He's shown his driver's license, his family photo. Um, when Doc looks at it, he he throws a line out there like, this is trickery. Like, look, they cut your brother's hair off. Yes, Which, and Marty didn't catch that at that point. Yeah, he's just like, oh, you know. And and as, as an audience member, I didn't catch that the first time either until, you know, they, they circle back. Yeah, um, yeah. The only way he's able to convince Doc that he is who he says he is is when he describes to him how he got the idea for time travel and the flux capacitor and how he, he hit his head. Right. And that's that's enough to convince Doc that this kid is telling the truth. Um. So from that point forward, um, uh, bu- 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 they're they're working together on this thing. Yep. Um, 
so they drive out to the billboard at Lion Estates, and, and Marty actually shows him the DeLorean. And his reaction is great, because he's just like, oh, shit, like, I invented something that works. Yeah, and That's just a, another qu- a quick nod that was put in the movie when, when, when Doc looks inside and he screams, it works. That's an homage to the 1931 Frankenstein flick. Where, where Dr. Frankenstein, Colin Clive, screams, it's alive! Uh, so they made him say it. If you listen to the way Doc says, says that the first time, it is, it's a nod to that movie. Um, and then, right, then he drops, I finally invented something that works, and Marty's he almost <laughs> mutters, you bet your ass it works. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great reply. So they get back to Doc's place, and he has this, the JVC camcorder, which somehow he's able to plug into this yeah, television from 1955. Uh, we'll overlook that for now. But there's all this scientific jargon in it from the mouth of Doc Brown. So what better source to understand how to help this kid get home? So they're watching it. And finally, we get to the point where Doc explains that time travel requires, quote, 1.21 gigawatts yeah. of energy from the plutonium. Now... The way I understand it, it's the proper pronunciation of this word is gigawatts. Yes. Yes. It's kinda of like GIF and JIF. Yeah. They but mispronounced it. Was just, it. it was just a yeah, mispronunciation and they went with it. And gigawatts yeah. is funnier. It's just a funnier word. Oh gigawatts. it works. No, absolutely. I agree. So he freaks out, he's like, What did I just say? You know, he rewind it and he says it again, one point twenty one gigawatts. That's how can I be so careless? Yeah, an yeah. impossible amount of, of energy to generate. And, you know, Marty's telling him, we just need some plutonium. Like, uh, I'm sure in 1985, plutonium's available in every corner store. Um, <laughs> but the bottom line is, you know, you're stuck here. There's no way to get plutonium. And there's no way to get that much energy. It will require a literal bolt of lightning. And that's when you get your... Uh, your, uh, your plot payback. Yeah, exactly. You get the flyer, baby. So now we yep. know exactly where and when lightning is going to strike. And they hatch a plan to harness this lightning strike, shoot it into the car, and send Marty back to 1985. Yeah. And this quick callback to the opening scene in, in Doc's house. You know, he grabs the picture of, of uh, Edison and <laughs> he's talking to Tom about how he's going to do it. <laughs> And then you look on the wall or up on the mantle above the fireplace and you've got Isaac Newton and Ben Franklin and um, uh, Einstein. And in the opening scene, three of those four pictures are hanging. Newton's picture isn't there. For whatever reason, oh, I couldn't shit. find anything about it anywhere. But um, it probably that's why it was because wasn't of gravity. <laughs> 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 uh, it was heavy. Zing! That was a good Zing. one. <laughs> But, yeah, so it's funny that those pictures survived uh, the fire at that point, I guess, uh, you know, if it ever happened, actually. But, yeah, they were up on his wall in, the, in, the, in his new place in 85. That's crazy. See, this is another thing I never noticed, man. Also, <laughs> Thomas Edison was a dickhead. Oh, uh, yeah, we could, do, we, could do, we could do an episode of JSM about yeah. Edison and how much of a dickhead he was. And yeah. how he screwed over Nikolai Tesla. Oh, big oh, time. yeah. yeah. Big time. He 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 fucked his brain up so bad. Anyway, but yeah. Yep. All right. So this lightning strike is going to happen in about a week, and Marty's like, "All right, cool. I can live with that. I can hang out here. You know, you can show me around. This is great." And 
Doc tells him, oh, no, you can't leave this place, man. Like, if you willy-nilly fuck around, you could mess things up bad. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, really? Because, yeah, uh, yeah I sort of kind of bumped into my parents. And uh, right. you know, now they're not going to fall in love. We see the photo again, and Dave is just disappearing, man, from yeah. existence. Yeah. Um, so now we have this race against time to get... Marty's parents to fall in love the way they're supposed to, or he's just going to be erased from existence. Um, and the the big uh, blocking stone to that is that now, instead of being in love with George, uh, Marty's mother is is in love with him, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's this beautiful layer of creepiness over this whole film. <laughs> And as we yeah, find out pretty going weird. forward, Marty continues to make that worse again yeah. and again yeah. and again. <laughs> but, he, you know, he can't help it, man. He's just Oh, no, so no, he's just being himself. He's got an Oedipus complex. He's <laughs> just being himself. Oh, man, come on. He's just being himself. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he, he's irresistible to, uh, to, me, to me and many as, as just the epitome of cool, man. Yep. I'm not gay, but, you know... If, if the lighting was right, Michael J. Fox, uh, I'm just putting it out there. Oh, look, I, I'm I, more of a Hemsworth man myself. I can appreciate that. I can, I can The biceps. But I digress again. <laughs> Tug's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I got, listen, I got a list of man crushes, but that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Doc and Marty head to the high school the next day. Wait, wait, we got the line. Oh, did I miss? That's when that's when Doc says it. We're going to send you. And he looks oh, at that's back. right. Let's let Joe do it. To the future. And, <laughs> and he stares a, right into the camera and points at it as he says it. It's like, break, it's like the original Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A quick, a quick callback again to the opening scene. When, when the title comes up on screen... The word back is there by itself for a half second, just like Doc says it. And then <laughs> yep. to the future comes up underneath it. So they, they mirror that when he says it. Now, Doug. Yeah. Did you watch this movie in the theaters? Yeah, hell yeah. July 4th. Okay. July 4th. I was wondering. It, no, it's funny because July 4th was a traditional movie day for my cousin and I. My cousin and I are best buds because we've known each other since we were born. And um, we, that was our traditional movie day. So we went to see that in 1985. I, I was nice. not quite married yet. I was three months, four months from, from getting married. And uh, Erica wasn't even in the country at the time. So my cousin and I yeah, were hanging out. Took and took quite a while. Exactly. Yeah, we, we packed her up in a box and we had to get, get through yeah. the quarantine. <laughs> you know, she was <laughs> all right now. Um, but yeah, we, I did see it in the theater, of course, and, and loved it from that moment on nice yeah i was curious because you had the opportunity to oh yeah yeah i saw it definitely all right boys i'm gonna try to get more rapid here because yeah we got uh, this is it. a long one all right so quick points to hit they hit the high school um basically hatch a plan to get George to take Lorraine to the dance where they're supposed to kiss and fall in love for the first time. And I'm going like to grind it to a halt real quick. 
just for a visual gag when they're walking up to the high school and there's all the bicycles in front. Marty snakes his way through the bicycles and Doc Brown, he steps over the bicycle like he's going to mount it and ride it and then he gets off the other side and goes in. It's so great. And that was all Christopher Lloyd. Like that was him just being him. So, sorry, go ahead. I, I did notice that too. Yeah, this is so funny. It's so good. Um, you know, the shortest... Uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So, at every attempt to try to get George involved with Lorraine, she just falls deeper in love with Marty, because this kid is irresistible, man. Like, look at him. He's fucking awesome. Uh, he invents skateboarding and rock and roll in this movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yep. Um, we, we have a lot leading up to this, uh, you know, but basically... In order to convince George finally to to grow a pair and ask her out, uh, Marty dresses up in his radiation suit and pretends to be a spaceman because it seems to be the only way he can connect with his father, who has a deep appreciation for science fiction. Uh, tells him he's Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, and if he doesn't ask her out, he's going to melt her bra- melt his brain. <laughs> so he's now fully motivated. He was fighting it for a long time. But real um, quick, again, sorry. <laughs> no, no, he, please. He plays, he takes the tape of Edward Van Halen. Edward Van Halen. Edward Van Halen. In the Walkman and plays it. And it turns out that was Eddie Van Halen. They tried to get Van Halen, and Van Halen turned him down because it would have cost too much money. But he, Eddie recorded those riffs for the movie and never told anybody. And then oh, years shit. and years later... He brought it up, or he was asked about it, and said, "Yeah, that was me. I did it for the movie." <laughs> so that actually was him, and they were riffs that he just came up with for for that. So that's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. Yep. Yeah, I, I laughed at the Edward Van Halen too. Yeah. <laughs> so now, fully motivated to ask this girl out, they go back to the diner, and you get the meet cute between George and Lorraine. You know, because he took notes, much like I took notes, it's so and uh, tells her that he is her density. I am your <laughs> density. That is the best. And, and the chocolate milk is so great. Lou, <laughs> give me a milk. Chocolate. He chocolate. slides it. He just grabs it. And it's yeah. like the thickest chocolate milk ever because it doesn't spill a drop. <laughs> well, it does when he slams it back on the counter. That's true. That's true. But yeah, it's just a, it's a great scene. Lou, milk, you know, chocolate. You know, I'm wondering... When uh, Star Trek and Star Wars came out, I wonder if he like thought that both like George Lucas and Big Rod got like visits in the night from this <laughs> like, guy. Exactly. He's like, exactly. how did you know about Darth Vader and Vulcan? And Vulcan, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I call Roddenberry Big Rod, by the way. I noticed that. Big Rod. I okay. like that. <laughs> so just as he's, he's making some traction with Lorraine, Biff and his gang come in. And of course... George is not supposed to be in there. He's, he was warned, yeah, and yep. now he's going to get his ass kicked. And this is where he trips him. This is where Marty trips him. This is where he, he sticks his foot out and gets into it with Biff. Um, and forgets how big Biff is again. Forgets yep. how big he is again. Sucker punches him and well, runs Eric away. Stoltz, Eric Stoltz sucker punches him. <laughs> yeah, Eric yeah. Stoltz's fist makes an appearance in this scene. Uh, royalty checks have been sent. <laughs> and decks him and then runs out. Now, when he runs out, he runs uh, to these little kids. They're on, like, these sort of makeshift, like, wooden uh, scooters. And uh, they have roller skate wheels attached to the bottom. So 
you know, he sees it, grabs it, says, hey, kid, uh, I'll, I'll give this back to you. Breaks the scooter, the handlebar <laughs> portion off, and invents the world's first skateboard. Right. You broke it, mister. <laughs> you broke it, mister. Uh, so it's, it's just like a two-by-four with, with some roller skate wheels on it. Yeah. But Marty... With like a weird crate. Like an, uh, yeah, like a, there's like a little kicktail. Yeah. Um, he tears ass on this thing, and it's awesome. Yeah. And everyone runs out to see the commotion. Biff gets in his car with the gang, and they're you know chasing him down. And there are some really like well done stunt sequences here, um, yes. with professional skateboarders and uh, hidden ramps. And you know there's there's some problems like that two by four grows like actual skateboard trucks and wheels at one point. It does, yeah. They're little tiny wheels though. Yeah, yeah. They tried to you know they did their best with it, um, but. It's just an awesome sequence. He outwits Biff, makes him crash into a truck of manure, Which and his mother up finds him. a joke him. for movies to come. It's so great. Yes, the manure joke the is, manure is joke. set up, and Lorraine wants to fuck his son, her Next. son, even more. <laughs> it's the manure. It's a dreamboat. <laughs> now, I don't know how many takes it took for him to run over this car and basically hit the windshield, hit in between the seats, and then hit the back without like sticking his foot in the wrong spot. And like, He was on tying. wires. He was on wires above the car. Oh, like was he? He? Oh, was he, he didn't have to step on anything. Yeah, he was. He was on wires. It might not even no, been him. He hits it might it have like been stunt perfect. Double, oh no, it was great. It was fantastic. But yeah, and he does that little skid out with it. Oh, it's just great. Yeah, it just, was. Yeah. It was cool. They had like the flints in the trucks, you know, so it would, like spark and everything. Yeah, just awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, this <laughs> was this was like the first major, um, biff explosive thing that we get in the series. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, indeed. So, now we're at the point <clears throat> where... What point are we at? Uh, we're getting uh, to Lorraine, the... They're, they're back at Doc's lab and Lorraine shows up. Yeah, That's she, right. like, she follows, follows him home. Because, follows him home. You know, Who is that? I don't I'm gonna know, but find I'm going to find out. Oh. God, <laughs> Lorraine. That's right. So she it. follows him back to the lab, and and they cover up the time machine, and he makes up a story that this is his uncle, and basically lays it on thick, like, oh yeah, you know, George is he's cute and all, but I I think a man should be able to stand up for his woman. Yes. You know. Yeah. Well, and they give each other before- this look. Before that, though, Doc is showing him like this insane model he made. He goes, "I'm sorry, I didn't have time to paint it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or build it to scale." Yeah, yes. <laughs> he like made this crazy model, the very big, elaborate. Yeah, just, just yeah. like <laughs> which you could have easily just said, "Hey, when the lightning hits the clock tower, you're gonna drive by with this yeah. hook." I mean, but he's like, "No, you know, let me wind up this toy car." And it's really funny the way he reacts to. it. It catching like the rags on fire. Yeah, like, that is the best. <laughs> I love that. I love that reaction. I have a note. It's just so good when he does. He just goes. He has the weirdest like fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's the way they were back then. It, it was full of water. You had to turn it upside down. There was no pressure in but, it. But like, you don't put water on on an oil fire. I know. Hey, man. There's paint you, cans and oil in there, and he's spraying <laughs> water on it. That doesn't work. You got to work with what you got, man. Exactly. That's how his house burned down. Right, right. That probably is. It could be. <laughs> Although the garage is a separate building from the house. Yeah, and that actually That's happened true. in 61, so. 
That's true. That's true. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, he he he's got access to these antiquated fire extinguishers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's probably cooking some bacon or something, and things got out of hand. <laughs> All right, so we get the demonstration. We get Lorraine busting in on him, and uh, she's playing some two live crew. <laughs> she's playing some two oh, live crew. So horny. Uh-uh. So, oh man. <laughs> And basically ask Marty to take her to the dance, which is yep. a, a super like weird, I, I guess it for the time, like it would be inappropriate for a girl to ask a boy to a dance. So well, she, she said asked that. the boy to ask her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless it was a Sadie Hawkins. Right. Oh, that's true. The Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins. I remember those, man. Yeah. Holy shit. So he agrees. Cause what is he going to say? Like he, he's, pretty defeated at this point um but he concocts the scheme in which like all right i'm I'm taking my mom to this dance but we're going to make george look like a hero who can do all the things she wants and stand up for the the woman he loves and all that so they they devise this sort of play act where you know i'm going to take advantage of my mom which yeah. <laughs> If the movie wasn't uncomfortable enough already, I know. and you could see it in Marty's face, he's like, "Oh, um, you know, it's like the, you're gonna come in and into the car and and pull me out and deliver your line, which is, you get your damn hands off her, and you know, deck me in the stomach, and and you'll be the hero, and everything will work." Yeah. Um. So if we now, I don't want to skip over too much, but. If we now get to the point where we're at the dance and and getting set up for this sort of uh, finale, um, things do not go according to plan. Right. Well, we do have just the quick scene where, you know, uh, Doc and Marty have that heart-to-heart talk while they're setting up at the clock tower. And then Marty goes to the soda shop and writes that note. Um, it's funny when they when they get back and the, the cop confronts Doc asking him what he's doing and he asks he for a permit. Him. Doc bribes him. <laughs> he's even <laughs> going into his wallet for a couple of bucks and that's when Marty slips the note in his pocket. And then we're at now, the dance. I, w- I will admit to you, I didn't catch that. I've, I've been watching this movie since I was a kid. Oh, I didn't catch Maybe it until this week. five years I ago. Yeah. yeah. I only caught it this week. I'm serious. <laughs> I didn't even... <laughs> Didn't know what happened until I saw his, oh, yeah, I have a permit right here. And he takes his wallet out. Yeah. So. Yeah, he starts unfolding the wallet. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I was a little slow on that one, too. There's yeah. actually a deleted scene where he, it's showing him giving the money out there. And they deleted it because Marty says at that point in time, do I really got to go to the dance with her? I mean, that will that make me gay? Oh, really? Yeah, so they took it out because that was in it and they didn't oh, okay. put that in there. All right. Yeah. Huh. All right. So uh, Marty picks up his mom in Doc Brown's car. What kind of car is that? Because that's also a pretty cool car. It's a really like cool car. Old, I, I wish I knew. I should know. It's like an dad old Buick is, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those old like gangster movie looking like cars. My dad really would cool. know immediately. I got it on my screen here. Let me bring it up and see if I get a good look at it. So while you're looking that up, they get to the dance and. Marty reluctantly asks his mother if they can park. And, yeah. uh, you know, this coded terminology. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, that's a great idea. I'm almost 18. I've, I've parked plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. It has it's, a giant, I think it's a Rolls Royce. No, it's Is not it a really? Rolls Royce. Well, it's got a winged lady on the hood. Yeah. And that's usually the spirit of excellence. 
Huh. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to research this one a little bit. It's a cream colored car and it has like a winged like hood ornament on it's it. It's a packard. The, winged... the Packard had a winged hood ornament? Yeah, it's I'm looking at the picture. It's a Packard convertible. Okay. I thought I it don't was know a what Rolls year nineteen forty it's a nineteen forty nine Packard. Packard. Alright. Yeah. Alright, so they're parking in the Packard. And <laughs> uh you know, he's learning that his mom is not only uh, very sexually <laughs> active at this age, but drinks and smokes and, and does smokes. all the things yep. that she, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tells them they should never do in the 80s. Um, and, you know, Marty's very dismayed at all of this, man. He's just like, he's to the point where he doesn't even think he can follow through with right. feeling his mom up, which is an understandable place to be. I mean, yeah. I, if they would have gone the other direction, I don't know that this movie would have done so well. I know. No. Well, he he also comes to the realization that it's not going to have the desired effect if he does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's as that's as much of the problem as anything. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Lorraine basically jumps on top of Marty to kiss him, and in that moment has this realization that like, oh, this is off. This is weird. <laughs> um, feels she says she it feels like I'm kissing my brother. Yep. And I think this was a smart way of writing themselves out of this creepy mountain that they've scaled. Oh, definitely. This entire yeah. movie. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh the door's opened and you're expecting, you know, everything to play out the way they rehearsed and Marty gets pulled out of the car, but instead of being George, it's Biff. Because Biff is pissed about the manure. Yep, and he wants bucks. to take it out, three hundred dollars, which in nineteen fifty-five sounds like an extraordinary. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it, thinking about that. I agree. Not to mention the soccer punch. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marty. I, I mean, it's a huge size disadvantage, but Marty did. It was a bitch move, Marty. <laughs> Come on. But anyway, you know. He takes Marty out of the car and then sees Lorraine in there, and then it gets very rapey. Oh, um, it's not. It's just straight up. Like he is straight up raping her. And yeah, he is. He is going to rape this girl. And I'll and, I'll, uh, I'll say that the reason, one of the reasons that they went that far with Biff's character, was because there were no plans for a sequel to this movie. So they didn't. They didn't think of keeping that character even remotely likable they didn't have to worry about that because they weren't thinking sequel so they're like they're just going to go and you know they're also obviously it's going to be erased because of things changing kind of you know but yeah that's the reason why they went full-on like you know sexual assaulter with not to mention they were modeling him after a real person who likes to grab women by this certain area oh i don't think so but That's a coinky dink. Uh, eventually, yeah. Eventually, we get to some scary parallels with this character. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. But, um, but yeah, yeah, no, that makes that makes sense because it it, do, it does take him into like irredeemable territory. Right, and they Whereas didn't he, have he to. He was a they, bully before. Right. Yeah. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So he's he's uh, he's doing that, and they take Marty and throw him into the trunk of a car that's parked. That's a Cadillac. Take him around back, that. boys. Yeah. yeah. That, that nice Cadillac. That is a smoke-filled Cadillac. I think he's getting hot-boxed. 
Well, there's some uh, quote-unquote reefer addicts in there. Reefer addicts, yeah. yeah. Well, I won't call them what else they get called. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. not good. But I will, say what, I will say my favorite response is what they say is, what did you say, Peckerwood? I know. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that line. So, uh, yeah, Marvin Barry and the Starlighters, man. They're playing the dance, and they're taking a smoke break, and, you know, just getting a little tooted in the Cadillac. And uh, Marty's locked in the trunk because for some reason the car keys, keys are in the trunk. In the trunk. Which that never tracked with me either. It's like that's a weird place to have them. Yeah, at all. I know. I got it. I got it. Just given the, the Marvin and the Starlighters. Okay, so they go from auditioning high school kids <laughs> to play the dance <laughs> to hiring Marvin and the Starlighters. You know, like adults who definitely did not audition in the gym to get that gig. So it's yeah. kind of funny. You know? Oh, yeah. Much more professor- professional. Yeah, uh, I think they decided, nope, the kids aren't going to work. We're going to have to pay the big bucks. <laughs> so they they uh, they can't get him out of the car because it's locked. So, you know, they're, they're trying to jimmy this thing open. While they're trying to get him out of the car, George arrives. And he's ready to, to carry out the play acting scene. But now, instead of Marty, it is Biff, and he is actually assaulting this girl. So we get this amazing sort of resolution of character arc for George when he yep. finally stands up to his uh, his bully. And this is something that George, we find out, would not have done in the original timeline. Um, <clears throat> so it's a major change. Right. Uh, we see George sort of grow a spine here and say, no, I'm not going to stand for this. This is wrong, and, and I yeah. don't care what the consequences are going to be. I'm not going to stand here and let this happen. And so, obviously, it's all Marty's influence. I mean, yeah. because there are so many lines that Marty tells George that George then tells Marty. You know what I mean? When yep. he's giving his yep. son advice. And, uh, you know, yeah, so he he definitely gets George straightened out. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest running themes of this movie is if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Exactly. That, that was something that um, Doc told Marty, yep. and later that Marty told his Marty father, told and George then eventually and... his father would tell him. So yeah, it's it's this yes. through line of this movie is, you know, buckle down and do it, and then you, and you know, yep, yep, you'll be rewarded. So he stands up to Biff in a big bad way, um, almost gets his arm broken. Because yes. he telegraphs his punch real, real bad. Um, but he has this like heroic moment of balling his fist up and getting real mad and, and laying Biff out with a punch to the face. With his left hand. Yeah. yeah. That was a that was a left hand haymaker. <laughs> it was a straight up left handed haymaker. Yep. And the cool thing about that scene was like <sighs> Biff's reaction to it. Yes. was played so well on Tom Wilson's face because he goes to like incredulous like you fucking wimp. Yes. To, oh shit, what's he doing? And then boom, right. he's out. Boom, spins him around and he goes down. So uh and, and I should say right before this happens, they finally do get Marty out of the trunk, but in the process uh Marvin slices his hand with the screwdriver. So we're now in a position where Marty gets to see his father do the thing, which is cool. But now Marvin can't play, and the dance is over. So, despite this great moment and Lorraine, you know, um, seeing George in a new light, they're still not going to have the kiss, and they're still not going to have the moment where they know they're going to spend the rest of their lives together, because the dance 
is uh, effectively over. So right. that puts Marty in the position where, you know, I can play guitar. And we get another cool musical moment. One of the most iconic sequences in this movie is, yes. the, is the dance and uh, Marty. So when we start, they're playing Earth Angel, you know, real traditionally. And he's running out of time. He's literally disappearing from existence. So he's, he's, he's missing notes and he's, you know. Yeah, but even when he could play, he's playing chords, but it ain't the right chords. <laughs> yeah. So this is, another, this is another one of those where it's hard to watch. If you play guitar, yeah. even if you don't play guitar, even if you just have like a sense of right. timing and an understanding of like how sound works, it's tough to look at his hands on the neck of this thing. Yeah, yeah. While this while this song is playing, um, that's true of like even the other band, uh, you know, the the bass player and the drummer right. during right. certain parts of this. It's all over the place. Yep. Um, but George really saves the day in this moment. This whole movie's been about Marty saving the day, and this is the first time when he's completely helpless and his dad actually steps up and right. saves him and i love is, i love the way that george reverts back to his old self almost instantly for just a few seconds when the the asshole dixon cuts in yeah and, and he, he george turns back into old george just for a couple of seconds and then he you can just see the wheel spinning and he's thinking about all the advice and everything that's just transpired and he turns around and knocks him down. So, yeah. And I don't know if, did you guys ever see children, children of the corn? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Well, the guy who plays Dixon is, is his name is Courtney Gaines. He was Malachi. He was the evil little fuck from that movie. That was his when, first yeah. movie actually as an actor. And when this I wasn't see that long kid, after I that. immediately think of Malachi and I think of uh, christmas story. Yeah. Well, he's not, yes. no, he, that's not him. Oh, that's not him? No, that's not him. No. Oh, no. Um, he's been in a lot of science fiction movies since, you know, as, as sort of a character actor. But no, I, 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 I'm upset that I do not remember the actor's name who plays the bully in, in Christmas Story. But he, <sighs> um, he, was actually in, he was actually in a couple of the Transformers movies as one of the soldiers oh, under Josh shit. Duhamel's command in, got, in, in the movie. But, um, I've got the yeah. wrong creepy kid in my head. Yeah, this, and he this. actually so the guy who plays the guy who plays the bully in Christmas Story was also an almost famous. He was Red Dog, the the roadie. <laughs> that, that sounds too. right. Yeah, but I can't remember okay. his name. But anyway, yeah. So so it was cool. It was cool the way George, like I said, he you see the wheel spinning, and he realizes that you know no, this is his moment, and there you go. Yeah, absolutely. He he, in that moment, just totally. It's almost superheroic his transformation. Yes. When, he, when he does push him down, yeah, and, and lays the kiss. Yep. And it springs Marty back to life, <laughs> and he's back into Earth Angel, <laughs> like nobody's business. And it's it's a done deal. But, you know, the band's like, hey, you know, we're sounding pretty good. Like, why don't you stay for one more song? And reluctantly, Marty's like, oh, okay. You know, and we get our, our Johnny Be Good sequence. Now, this this is the scene I was talking about is so iconic. Um there's there are problems with it and we do that really well on the show as we sort of dig into the problems one of them is definitely the guitar playing yeah Um, Yeah. but to be fair if you watch uh michael j fox 
when it's not just a shot of the hands, when you can tell it's him, he is actually playing, you know, that rhythm, uh, yeah, guitar riff, and yep, he is actually blues playing. Riff. He's definitely doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he he got some coaching there. You can tell that he practiced that, and he and he does a decent job at it. Um, things start to go a little haywire once we get into like the the soloing <laughs> and, and and all of that. Yeah. But, but the other problem with this scene is that everyone is loving the shit out of this song for, I want to say, 95% of it. Right, right. Like dancing and fucking skirts are flying up to the extent that uh, Marvin Berry calls his cousin Chuck and is like, hey man, you know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. Like, it's so good. Yep. We This is rock and roll. And when Marty decides to take it 80s, and take it, you know, uh, sort of metal at the end. Shredder starts, heaven, yeah. Yeah, he starts shredding, and he throws the guitar behind his back, and yeah, he loses the crowd, um, which is also, there's there's this vibrato at the end there where, like, his fingers are completely stationary, I and know. it just hurts to look at it. And he's bending the wrong strings. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny. Oh, no, it was great, of course. But yeah, he loses the crowd and and loses everybody and and I mean to the extent that they're like, what the fuck was that? That was terrible. Like you guys were dancing your asses off. Give me a break. Yep. But Marty, your 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 music was uh, what did you say? Like interesting. <laughs> interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So uh, he finishes the song and and has a nice little farewell moment with his parents who are now. You know, in love as they should be. Yeah. Although we better now. See you again. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. And it gives them a line about like, hey, if you ever have a kid uh, <laughs> who sets the living room rug on fire take when he's eight years on. old, like, yeah, take it easy. Yeah. Um. So now we're back in business. Marty's got to get back with Doc and and you know beat this lightning strike or or you know he's not going to get home. So. Um. Oh, I'm having another one of these moments. Well, yeah, they're back at the clock tower. So, so Doc's waiting for Marty, and Doc's like, "Damn, damn, damn, damn." <laughs> that is my <laughs> daughter's favorite part of this movie, by the way. My eight-year-old daughter, when <laughs> when he's waiting there, and he and he says, "Damn," and the music cue, you know, it ramps yeah. up, and he goes, "Damn, damn," she loses her her shit, man, like. <laughs> That's great. So now I've got all three of my kids running around this house going, damn, 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 damn. damn." That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was late because he had to change out of the the zoot suit and put his vest back on. Exactly. Because God forbid he goes back to 1985 at 1.30 in the morning dressed like somebody from 1955. (laughs) Yeah, come on, man. He's 17. He's got a reputation to uphold. This is the coolest kid in town. (laughs) So they're in front of the clock tower. He's got everything set up. Um, <clears throat> the idea, of course, as we learned in the movie, is um, according to Doc Brown's calculations, Marty will hit 88 miles an hour at the exact moment that lightning strikes the clock tower, and it will energize the car as it's passing by with this big hook, and that will give him the 1.21 gigawatts of power he needs to uh, turn the flux capacitor on and send it back. Right. And this, this goes back to your point about everything's happening for a reason. Because the car stalls 
which you on the surface think throws the timing off and now he's screwed but the car had to stall because if it didn't stall he would have hit it too early and he would have exactly. not gone okay and then uh to take a step back there's a real quick moment when marty tells doc that george knocked biff out and you see the look on doc's face that he knows things are going to be different <laughs> yeah. when marty gets back to his time just from that yeah, comment, he's, you can he, see. He's never stood up to him like that before in his life. Right. He's like, hmm, so, never. yeah, he's, his eyes sort of go big, so he knows that things are going to be different. But, yeah. Yep. So that's the plan. Uh, and and exactly like you said, the car stalls. And that that is the really interesting theory is that the car is, is actually itself um, saving the fabric of reality. Yes. Just by, you know... Um, and also, earlier in the episode, you mentioned the note that Marty wrote to Doc to warn him about the Libyans to take precautions. And, of course, the whole movie, Doc, is is espousing, like, you cannot know about right. your own future. It's dangerous to have information about the future. I, you know, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to find out throughout the natural course of time. So he realizes that Marty stuffed that note in his coat pocket and demands to know what the meaning of this is and, you know... Yeah just rips it up because it's in his mind is too dangerous to have um but there's no time to address it because you know it's literally at this point a race against time exactly so um marty does get the car to start by banging his head against the steering wheel <laughs> which is you know that's probably in real life how you get a delorean to start oh, yeah probably yeah pretty much um you got to do a line off the uh steering wheel <laughs> every time you want to start the car you're like fuck i gotta do another line all right here we go here we go back to the future here we go baby see if these bastards can do 90 <laughs> so marty takes off and uh there's so much great tension and build up in this sequence because i just i just noted drama 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 <laughs> yeah so much this. drama so much oh my god you know yeah because the uh, the line that's holding, uh, you know, as he's plugging things in, uh, he yanks on it too hard because a branch fell on the on the wire and things get disconnected. So it's a whole mess to the to the extent that Doc's got to climb up there, plug shit back in. It, it, it's fuck up after fuck up after fuck up. Yep, yep. Um, there's a cool moment where he's he's up there and slips because the uh, the ledge underneath him breaks and he's hanging on to the second hand of the clock or the minute hand of the clock yeah and and it's a callback to that original shot uh, exactly. in the opening um so of course everything works out he realizes that he has to rappel down in order to plug the plug he unplugged back in before the lightning strikes does it at the last possible moment um, and as the car drives by at the precise uh, time it needs to, it gets shot into 1985. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I ran into a couple of things rewatching this. Like, Doc Brown definitely is still holding onto the wire when he gets struck by lightning. Oh, yeah, he gets yeah. electrocuted, but he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> It was like a. It wasn't even an inconvenience. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah I know. A hot one. He wasn't even smoking afterwards. It's just he's all good. Everything's <laughs> fine. 
but that basically takes us into to the wrap up of the uh, the movie here. Uh, Marty makes it back, and everything is as he remembers it. It's it's as shitty and graffiti as when he left. He sees the bum on the bench who who. There's a hot debate over whether that's actually the mayor from the 50s or not. Right. Yep. I'd like to think that red. it is. Yeah, he does call him red, doesn't he? Yeah, he calls yeah. him red. And yeah. the the bench he's laying on, they had to refund the money to California Raisins because <laughs> <laughs> they paid for product placement, and then you could barely see it, and it had a bum on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Like We're sorry, guys. We're sorry, California Raisins. We co. tried. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, he and and of course, in order to prevent the tragedy, when he's setting up the time circuits to get back, he gave himself an extra ten minutes so that he could get there in time to, you know, prevent this yeah. tragedy that he wasn't able to even warn Doc about because he ripped up his letter. So, in his infinite seventeen-year-old wisdom, he he decided I'm in a time machine. I got all the time in the world, and only gives himself ten minutes. Yeah, like he could have <laughs> came back a day before or something. I know. Yeah, sure. Oh, a day, a week. Like, yeah. So he's got 10 minutes. Um, gets back in the car after, you know, doing a little celebratory. Here we are. Car won't start. Again, this is probably that same mechanism, that theoretical mechanism that we've discussed. If he was able to get there in time and stop the events from unfolding the way they did, it would have created another paradox. Right, he would have never went back to begin with. Right. And and there's you know in this in this trilogy, there are characters that see themselves or meet themselves, which is supposed to be dangerous, but it's always different age, different time versions. It's never you know, someone who's supposed to be there meeting someone who's supposed to be there. It would it would arguably be worse. So he hoofs it back to the what is now the Lone Pine Mall, which is a great yes. callback to destroying that pine tree in the beginning yep. of the movie. And he, from a distance, sees Doc Brown getting gunned down again by the Libyans and sees himself getting to 88 and disappearing. And the Libyans crash their VW bus into, like, a photo stand. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's the one from the 70s. Oh, yeah, show. that's... <laughs> yeah. No, that's the one from my youth. <laughs> Real quick Some story. Sort of. I, it, it's you, where you, you brought your film to be developed. It was a drive-up film developing thing. You would, you would drop okay. your film off, and a week later, you'd pick up your pictures. I had I a crush on a girl who worked. when Chong, Chong worked there? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I had remember. a crush on a girl who worked at one, and I shot a roll of film like every day for three weeks. And Aww. then she turned me down when I asked her out. <laughs> <laughs> yep anyway go ahead just like i was gonna say yes until i saw what you were taking pictures of Doug. yeah that's true that might have been the problem <laughs> she's like why are all these pictures of me <laughs> from a distance from really far from away telephoto too. lens yeah. yeah so anyway yes that was uh in my town it was called photomat it, it i think it was called fox photo or something like that i don't know if that was a real thing back then or that's what they used for the movie i don't know but they existed okay I mean that's just slightly before my time. We used to take a, a film to like the uh, the pharmacy to get yeah. it developed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But uh, so yeah, the the Libyans crash into one of those, and I, I guess instantly die. I don't know. 
We never. Well, I mean, never it was addressed. a VW bug, and they were tossed around. They weren't wearing seatbelts. So. Would that be photo bombing? <laughs> End the episode, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Go out of the Play the music. Do the do the thing. Yeah. That's it. No, that's it's great. done. The power of love. <laughs> Back in time. So Marty's crushed, man, because he's failed to save his his friend and runs over to his body and he's crying and you get the reveal when uh doc brown sits up michael Myers style yeah exactly he didn't he didn't get rid of the letter after all he's wearing a bulletproof vest and he got lucky to get shot in the face <laughs> yeah or any extremities yeah that right. somehow those ak-47 bullets didn't penetrate that vest at that range yeah, correct. Correct. But nah, we'll let it go. Well, he, he was an and, inventor. You don't know what he had in there, man. He, but I mean, if he had that letter, and knew it was going to happen. Couldn't he just change the time? No. <laughs> when he was doing it, there's, because then there's a reason it, then for that. It changes everything. Like, yeah. it, then it never would have happened. It had to happen, and Marty wouldn't have went back. So it had to he happen was, just like it did. Yep, he was absolutely right. He was preserving the chain of events because if he changed anything he wouldn't have been warned in the first place hmm. you know what I'm saying yep you know what I'm saying Joe I guess so I'm with you <laughs> Doug's with me so yeah everything works out in the end um, you know Doc survives Marty's happy gets back home and home is great man like his yeah. previously unhappy family is fucking killing it. Dave's in a suit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. His <laughs> parents look fantastic. They they got a healthy glow. His mom looks great. His dad's slapping her on the ass. Right. They're they're very in love and everything is awesome. And to top it all four. off, yeah. To top it all off, Biff is like a cuck. And he's <laughs> he's much. waxing their cars, like you know what I mean. Like, but he's still conniving. So he's still trying to cheat that second coat of wax. That's yep. true. Ah, uh, Biff, mm. you motherfucker. Yeah, he needs right. his own. He needs his own personal Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> yes, exactly. I also like how they're doing that. Like, oh, Biff. Like, oh yeah. Remember that time he tried to rape you once? Yeah, really? yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> well, that old Biff. Yeah. But yeah, so. That's the dynamic now. Everything's awesome. And the cherry on top is that Marty has that sweet 4x4. Four four. Right. And so, my my biggest like, question in the whole movie is who the fuck parked the truck like that in the garage? Exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You, could, like, you like couldn't get it in the garage out. like that or get it out the way it was parked. <laughs> <laughs> who did that? Probably Biff. Yeah, exactly. It's like someone put it in and then grabbed the front bumper and moved it over against the wall. Yeah. Oh, anyway. that's true because... Biff had just waxed that car, so he what just if that was waxed like his, it. His, yeah, what if that was like Biff's "fuck you," like try to get it out, <laughs> his, you bitch. Passive aggressive. Exactly. Yeah. Biff is a prick because who does that anyway? <laughs> Go ahead. And that was a, a what was that? A Hilux, a Toyota Hilux. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, I think but, it was a uh, Toyota Hilux. There's a guy and in it, Massachusetts it, it, who owns that, or he has a replica of that. Oh, um, that's cool. He's I a car restoration a guy with a shit ton of money. And he owns. I sent you guys a link. the uh, The Doc Brown Packard actually sold at an auction recently. Oh, did it? How, what did it get? Oh, it's like that's eighty thousand. Cool. That's cool. Wow, that's badass. No. So but yeah, yeah that, we're, we're pretty uh, that much back at the time, end. Yeah. 
uh, Jennifer. Well, that's Jennifer another cool thing up. with the Back in Time documentary is it has it shows a guy who actually owns the uh, Part Three DeLorean. He owns okay. the VW bus, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the pickup truck. Yeah, it's cool. The Part One DeLorean used to be at Universal Studios. I don't know if they moved it since uh, they. No, it's changed. there. They restored it. It was actually since they was changed the best ride in the, into the Simpsons. Yeah, it was dumped in the back lot, and in complete disrepair and some fans got together and worked with Bob Gale and they restored it. So now it's, it's like in universal, but it's behind glass. It used to be parked out in like the open right in front of the back to the future ride right next to the train. Yeah, yeah. So Joe, that's, that's still there. Only now the car that's there is screen accurate. So like in the nineties, yes. the car that was there, it was a DeLorean, but like all of the shit that was on it was not, the right scale like the right. mr fusion was too big and stuff in the so. early 2000s they rebuilt both cars the original car in cali at universal and then that car they rebuilt them both have you ever been to george's music in orlando uh eric yeah 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 they i have to... a delorean there too do they still oh, have really? it in there oh, that's it, cool it, it used to it was parked in the showroom for a while but then they started parking out front in the little circle off okay. international drive i remember yeah. going in there with my dad and and yeah, kind of fawning over that car. Yeah. And you know what sucks too, man? Like, it's a dream of mine to, to own that car and, and, you know, build it up with the gadgets and shit. Yeah. I almost had one earlier in life, like in my either late teens or early 20s. We found one, um, and it was in pretty good shape. Like, it needed interior work and everything, but it was ten grand. And wow. at that time, I, I guess that was, you know what they were commanding at that time it would have been like the early 2000s mm-hmm. um you cannot find that car today for like less than 30 grand no matter what yeah. kind of condition it's yeah. in. yeah i believe well so. they're actually um building brand new ones now yeah out of out of texas right place in oh, texas wow. yeah it's building them brand new yeah they're expensive cool. as shit man. oh yeah they're expensive Ugh. yeah but so, anyway re- regarding the the end of the movie now too um another uh, point about them not planning on a sequel is yes Jennifer <laughs> um, <laughs> sticking Jennifer in the car in yeah. the car yeah that's why they knocked her out in two because they didn't know what to do with her <laughs> yeah so they left her unconscious through the second movie <laughs> and that's why yeah the to be continued was added when it came out on home release on video yeah and it's gone now yeah. like I watched it on Netflix and it's not there on the Netflix version so. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They, I guess that was the smartest thing to do with Jennifer. It's like, you know, we didn't know we'd have to make yeah. a second movie, so, yeah, just make her unconscious. Yeah, yeah, we're not Because it, it does create a lot of problems having to place that character now in 2015. Right, to figure figure out what to do with her on a yeah. larger scale. They had to do it, yeah. So, yep. it's interesting. Because where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. That's our ending, man, is Doc showing back up. With the Mister Fusion and the and the crazy outfit and the glasses that you can't. I see dressed right like up. that in 2015. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the flying DeLorean. The flying yeah. DeLorean. And uh, another great line, like you know, when he's convincing him, like, "Come with me. We gotta, you know, gotta <laughs> yes. go to the future." And, oh, they're kids. Yeah, like, what's wrong with us in the future? Do we come assholes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you turned out fine. It's your kids, Marty. <laughs> Something's got to be done about your kids. Your kids. <laughs> What's wrong, Doc? Did we become assholes? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great so line. So great. 
so yeah uh that's that's it man that's back to yep. the future um again just just a classic for me one of my favorites so when we get to our ratings you know my shit's gonna be padded uh it's a fair warning but i hope that you guys enjoyed taking a walk down this one um yep. with us yeah it was a good time so joe now we're at the at the point where we shoot our ratings off i'm gonna save mine for last okay where do you rank back to the future this movie did play a uh, vital role in my upbringing. I've watched it a lot. Been obsessed with DeLoreans forever. Um, loved the ride growing up at Universal Studios, which is now for some reason an ungodly Simpsons ride. We already <laughs> proved once uh, before that it wasn't a good idea to let Dan Castle and Netta be any part of Back to the Future with the animated series. So... <laughs> We didn't need him taking over as the Simpsons in place of the awesome ride. Um, I really enjoy all the actors in this movie. I enjoy all of everything that happens. The mostly attention to detail, and I do like your your theories upon how like you know the the paradoxes can be affecting some of the loopholes. Um, that kind of answered a lot of questions I had. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a solid 4.8. Ooh, I like it. I, I really like this movie. I think and that's your highest score so far. I think it's just tied with Goodfellas. Okay, yeah. Well, well f- for me, it's everything Joe just said. Um, you know, I saw it in a the theater. Loved it. I, I can't remember, but we probably went back and saw it two or three times in the theater. Um, and then when it came out on VHS, we wore that tape out. I mean, you know, so it was a big part of my early adulthood. Um, and it's been a part since my youngest son. Um, I think I mentioned to you guys in the chat, you know, he, he got into this when he was eight, he's 21 now. And it's still probably his favorite movie, the whole series. You know, he, he's, he's worn out his DVDs and, and now has streamed it quite a few times because he just digs it. It's it means a lot to him. So um, I am going to land exactly where Joe did at a four point eight. Um, I don't know that I can find anything wrong with it, but again, to get to a five out of five is is hard for anything. Um, yeah. So you know, but it, it's I mean, really quick. Another piece of trivia that I found that you guys probably found is the fact that at a film school, I don't know what school, what university in in California. After this movie came out, this script was taught as, as a class, and it was called the perfect script. Yeah, um, because it is considered that by by filmmakers the world over. Um, the script is flawless. There's continuity issues and things that we made fun of, and that happens to the best movies as well as the worst movies. But yeah, four point eight. It for doesn't me. take this, away from this movie. Though. No, exactly, it doesn't. It, it 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 honestly, in most cases, it lends to the comedic value. Uh, of of the 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 scenes so it's all good i mean there's nothing wrong there's zero wrong with this flick it's one of my favorites of all time all right so lay it on us eric oh i was waiting for your rating i said a 4.8 i'm sorry he's the same as me yeah i'm sorry i I might yeah i should have ended but yeah a a 4.8 definitely okay hey 
yeah, I I'm lockstep with you guys. Like this this movie is was such a big deal for me. It sort of like encapsulated uh my childhood and and um like what what cool was to me. It was it was like the character Marty McFly in a lot of ways. Um even now like I still follow these these actors and stuff just predicated on how much I love this thing. Yep. And, you know, Michael J. Fox and his foundation and the work he does now. And, um, yeah, it's just the movie has always meant a lot to me. I've always found it to be one of those things that's, like, immensely watchable. Um, you know, that that term gets thrown around a, a lot with us. Like, oh, if it's on, it's on. Like, I'm not changing the yep. channel. Yep. This is, like, the king of that for me. Um, I'll stop whatever I'm doing to watch this movie. Um so yeah, with that said, I I gotta give this movie only because as a rule, I think I said I'm not gonna give any movie a five point um, or if I do, uh, th- this would be as close to it as I get. I'm gonna give it a four point nine just to to stay true to that. Makes sense. Um, but it, it might as well be a five for me. Totally get it. I absolutely totally get it. And. Just a couple of things you brought up about Michael J. Fox's foundation. Going back to that Back in Time documentary on Netflix, there's a huge, there's a, a large part of that doc, huge. that a huge, huge. There's a large part of that documentary that that talks about his foundation and the fans, and what they, the fans of the movie, and what they've done to contribute to to uh, and 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 help his foundation for Parkinson's. Um, so Eric, you would really enjoy it. It's worth it's an hour and a half long. I'm telling you, when you get it, yeah, when you get absolutely. the time, sit down. It's on Netflix. It's is it on Netflix? I didn't watch it on Netflix. I watched it oh, on I'll YouTube find TV. It. I'll find it. Yeah, but find I've watched it. it before, but I can't remember where I watched it. At. Yeah, it was on YouTube TV, but um, it, or Netflix, whatever. Just find it. It's I think it's it was well on Netflix when I watched yeah. it originally. Well worth it. So anyway, so I, I totally respect your your rating. It's it's yeah, it's a flawless movie. All right, boys. Well, uh, want to tease what we got going next week or next uh, week after next, I should say. Yeah. Well, it is the season. So, what is the reason so for the season, Joe? <laughs> oh, Doug's brother. No, I, I, I'd say that reason's different for Eric, Eric and I, <laughs> as opposed to some other people. But you know, there is a reason for the season. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're like the Rogers boys, Aaron and Jordan. They don't get along so well. <laughs> no, it's Christmas. We got to do a Christmas movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And and what what better Christmas movie to do than Christmas Vacation? Yeah. Yes. Everybody's yep. favorite try hard dad, who I relate to in a way that I didn't always before. Like I, I really feel what Clark is trying to accomplish 100%. in this in this movie. It's all about so, his family. Yeah. So yeah, uh, next episode we'll dig into Christmas Vacation, hopefully with a special guest. We'll see um, how that goes. There's a chance that uh, previous guest Tony Monjet will be joining us. Uh, we will try very hard to make that happen. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next time. You guys, uh, anything to plug? Oh, I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a good Black Friday. I talked to Joe about it. So, yeah, 37 effects. You want a fuzz pedal? Come see me. I told him I gave up on Black Friday sales for some reason. I got my ass kicked. If I don't try to sell stuff, I get sales. But if I try to sell something, I won't sell nothing. 
I got my ass kicked so bad on it. I can't give these things uh, away. <laughs> oh, you just got to stay with it, man. Stay with it. Oh, no, I'm not giving up, dude. I'm already working on the next one. So I know uh, Eric's killing it artwork-wise. Oh, hey. This season is, is yeah, the, this time of year is good for my art business. Yep. But it's also, it's a double-edged sword, man, because, you know, anytime you do something creative as, as uh, you know, a way to make money, you have to be real careful about how you treat that so that you don't suck the joy out of it. Yes. You know, that, oh, yeah. that old saying, 100%. like, when it becomes a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do know that uh, Eric is making something special for my other podcast. Uh, yes. Just surprised me. So um, yeah, on my on my list of commissions is something that Joe commissioned for uh, JSM. I cannot wait to see it. It's gonna oh, it's gonna, be, it's so gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, for all the wrong and and right reasons. <laughs> oh, um, I it, it, with 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 um especially RJ, can you make him as emo as possible? Like oh, I want you him have... to have like where it come the hair comes down like in, over his face on one side, and then the other side like kind of flock of seagulls up with yeah. black hair and black eyeliner. So. <laughs> Listen, I haven't started on this piece yet because I'm I'm bogged down. Oh no, there's I've no rush. I literally had dreams about this piece. No, there's no great. rush at all in this. I just want it to be as awesome as possible since I know they hate that band so much that if it will you, make my heart so exactly. happy. Exactly. Eric, no, if you, you have Doug, no idea. Doug has to be like in the music video with the yes. full like picnic table like suit <laughs> on. <laughs> if you need no, a model I'm, for I'm serious. RJ, you need to look at Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street when he's in high school. <laughs> oh, no. There's That's also what, a picture you can look that. called Gothopotamus. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. That's rough, man. No, I, 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 I shit you not. I've had dreams about this because I love how much RJ hates emo. And I can't, I've had these visions in my sleep, like, exactly like you described, like, one eye's covered by hair. Yes. Yeah. You got the flock of seagulls, spiky thing going on with the black eyeliner. Black eyeliner. There's a lip ring. I mean, it's just oh, I can't. And, and the shirt should be something, something like, like an all black shirt with something like I hate myself and I and I love that I hate myself. Some, some, some Self, stupid yeah, like something emo, just mm-hmm. as emo as it can possibly be. Oh my god, yes, a hundred <laughs> times yes. So uh, yeah, as soon as I get um, cracking on that one, I'm going to start sending you little samples because it's going to be, it's going to be really really fun. Yeah, but, there's uh, no rush on that one at all. Take it all the time you need on it. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. so ready I just to gotta, shove it in their face. I just got to survive Christmas, man. That's all I'm making, it is. I'm making t-shirts with that and stickers <laughs> and everything because it's going to be so amazing. Absolutely. Taking back Thursdays. <laughs> or taking back Thursday, I guess. Taking back Thursday. Because the show comes out on Thursdays. So like, I probably should call it taking back Thursday versus taking back uh, Friday. Ah, yeah, I just saw it. Yep, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yep, that's what uh, you want. That's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, as far as plugs go, um, I'm I'm booked up for the holidays, but I have a lot of, you know, if you're into nerd shit or comic books or horror or '80s or or any of that, I have a lot of artwork that's already done. And if you'd like to buy a print of that, just hit me up. I'll, I'll you know give you the hookup on price, send you something cool that you can frame up in your. Uh, in your man cave or what have you. So I just, it's uh, uh, artofericpabone.com. I just bought one of the uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe shirts yesterday from, from your Threadless. Oh, per- well, you know, that's... Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you, because I, I see like uh, like a dollar fifty or so out of every one of those <laughs> sales. So, yep. 
but I no, got, it, I got my myself two just surprise me shirts and the and the MOTCU one yesterday. Nice, man. Well, you cool. should have that shirt. It's got your face on it, man. That's. I, know, I was thinking, I, was like, I, was like, I should probably buy this. <laughs> and plus, right now, Threadless is having a sweet sale. All regular shirts are twelve dollars, and even like the tri blend, the nice ones are only fifteen. That's true, wow. man. Yeah, All if right. you go to uh, as as Art done, of, I'm on there. Nice Art of Eric Babone.threadless.com. I have a ton of shirts up. Um, I have collections too. I work with. Uh, if you're if you're Florida or uh, I want, Central, I want to Florida. buy all your Tom and Dan shirts. You don't even understand. I I almost yesterday pulled the trigger on like ten shirts. Oh, nice man. Yeah, I have a I have a um, c- kind of a thing set up with Tom and Dan where I do like these limited release on, on my shop now. So uh, if you you need Tom and Dan gear, also have stuff with Big Tim Murphy. Uh, he's a local comedian. Um, we gotta get Big Tim on the show. Absolutely, man. He's hilarious. Also, I want a Tales from the Griff shirt so bad. That's the one I want to buy. <laughs> Tales from the Griff is the best. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, so so just uh, look for that stuff if, if any of that piques your interest. And yeah, that's all I got. Doug, Big Tim is the coolest fucking person on earth. All right, get him on. I mean, I wish you like knew more about him right now just so I could like tell you how awesome he is. <laughs> he is the coolest fucking person there is. Oh, yeah. I love that guy, man. He's, I, I still he's... want the... um. The art of Big Tim, like as the wood that's sitting on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'll have to talk to him about that. Well, uh, yeah, he he's but, uh, he has these a- anything you see on my shop that's Big Tim. <clears throat> um, I want to say it came from his brain, or he just you know reached out to me and said like, "Hey, baby, you know, can you draw hey, me baby. As, as Jesus?" Uh, <laughs> You know, giving support to like a Walmart worker going on strike or something. I'm like, yeah, that's we can do that. You know? <laughs> so, uh, just just paint a picture for Doug. Doug, gin, imagine ginger curly hair. Uh huh. Wears nothing but overalls with nothing else underneath them, just like overalls with no oh, t-shirts. And the ladies love Big Tim. Oh yeah. No, oh, he's a he's a one of the most generous, uh, just sweet humans I've ever met. Man, just a really that's good great. dude. Is he still running nice. the hot dog cart? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Or the tank, the tank, the tank, the tank SUV, truck. The tank truck. No, as far as I know, Tim is just uh, laying low, man. He's you know uh, just doing his thing at home. I know, actually, I do know that he's gotten into making some art, resin art. So he has stuff for sale, uh, like ashtrays and, and soap dishes and things like that. So he's getting into that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Big Tim and see about getting him on an episode because he's he's just a really genuinely funny cat. Yeah, I, I want to talk to him so bad. He seems like one of those guys I just really, really enjoy having conversations with. Yep. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's it for me. I gotta. Yeah, I think we're good. Gotta oh, hit yeah, the haze, guys. they say. All right. Uh, Thank you for joining time. us again. What was it? Uh, lights. Camera. Oh. Oh, fuck. Let's try that again. Lights. Camera. Fuck off.